Beijing, made in China. Yao yao yao, so so Beijing, made in China. Bao zhao zhao, fan jing tao zi wan, made in China. Ta chun gao zu men da qi san, made in China. Lord of Gong Sleep, ooh, shred the bag of E. Ooh, stab a little stoop. Ooh, sushi lane ji. Ooh, yang li huan la yin dou lian hua. Cookie xu ya fan de ye ba. Shabo li mei kong zu quan jia, quan bu made in China. Headbanger shit, son. Alright. I think you get the point. It goes on from there. That is Made in China by the Higher Brothers and DJ Snake. This is the Snake version. Yeah, man. China's gonna be the theme of today's episode. We won't get into it. A lot of messy shit has happened since the last time I talked to you. I think we brought it up when it first happened, but boy, oh boy, shit's popping off in any events. Let's get right to it. This is your boy, the host with the most, the Cholo Charles Barkley, the Mestizo Michelangelo, the Masapan Don himself, Mario Caballero, live here reporting from downtown Los Angeles. This is the... Puro Caballero Show. This is episode 65, numero, numero 65. Bum, bum, bum. We got some big trouble in big ass China, is what we got this week. Man, a lot of shit's going on. Uh, we'll get into that momentarily. But yeah, man, uh, it's been a minute since we last touched bases with you guys. It's been a minute since I had a solo episode since uh, we had the uh, the one and only Techno Panther himself on the last one help me talk about all the festivities at Cross Festival. But yeah, man, it's uh, Friday, October 18th. I'm reporting, like I said, from downtown LA. I'm actually parked here waiting for an open mic to get going in about an hour and a half. So I'm probably going to have to do this in little chunks here and there. Uh, but yeah, let's get the the majority of it under the underway, and on and moving. So I'm in my whip. So if you got the ambient noises coming around you, don't be alerted. Don't be surprised. There's cars zooming by. I think there's an ambulance behind me. It's not a fire truck. It's not. It's flashing its lights, but it's not. You know, you don't hear no sirens. That's what I wanted to say. So that's happening in any event. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's uh, it's been a little bit. I guess we start on the music tip since we uh, we had a little French and Chinese connection on the the intro song on today's episode. Yeah, I've uh, kind of on a whim bought my ticket to all my friends' music festival that's going on tomorrow and on sunday and i am fucking amped man it is happening at the row in downtown la for all the locals this is the location that you might have seen before as uh, smorgasbord that is a like food event basically that's like the, the the basis of it it's a lot of uh uh food trucks or mobile food companies they set up shop and they 
each have little stands and you can go do that. It's kind of like uh, gourmet food truck type stuff. They've had some good shit there, I'm not going to lie. They have like some cool little pop-up stands too. People selling like vinyl records, little stickers and uh, like women's clothes and stuff like that. And they got a couple little restaurants that are like built into like some of the buildings right there. It used to be the home of the American Apparel Warehouse uh, before Dove Charney. Um, yeah, the allegations for him started popping off like rockets on 4th of July, man. Because this fool was touchy-feely, man. Who would have thought the dude was a creep when putting on uh, these uh, all these models that look like freaking hella young on all their uh, suggestive ass advertisements, advertisements. So yeah, that's uh, basically the location. I don't know how the hell we got onto that part of the discussion, but in any event, I'll break you down on the lineup side because there's some there's some good ass acts that are coming up, man. I'm really fucking excited. I ain't gonna lie. Um, that's what's up. Uh, damn, meeting people through comedy. I'm on Instagram trying to find this lineup. I'm getting distracted like a motherfucker. Alrighty, and let's talk about tomorrow, Saturday. They have, I think, three stages now, but they only officially post two of them. There's a friends list stage and a BFF stage. So AMF, all my friends. This is uh, run by Destructo. This, uh, what the heck, Gary, I forget his last name. Uh, he is, let's see, where is he? He's like man who was behind the Hard series when that first came out before it got purchased by, I want to say the Insomniac folks. They own it now, I want to say. So back in the day. Uh, yeah, so this is his event, this is the second edition doing it, they did it last year too, and this is the second year, yeah, and it's down the, like I said, real close to where I live, kind of down the street, but yeah, let's see the lineup for tomorrow at the friend zone stage, this is the main stage, we got, uh, doors open at 5.30, Busy P's on at 6.30, well, Busy P, pretty dope, Ed Banger Records and all that. Uh, he's gonna have it bumping. On over to Destructo. Destructo's gonna have people fucking going dumb from like 8 to 9.35. And then at 9.35. Freaking Stringer Bell himself. Idris Elba. I think I talked about him at Coachella. Woo, he was a, a fun, fun show to, to be at. So, that was one of my main regrets not being able to see his full set. So, I'm about to see it tomorrow. So that's called a makeup right there. And who knows how long this dude's going to be on tour, DJing or whatever. I'm sure we'll see chances, we'll have chances to see him later in the future. But it's just funny, man. One of the uh, world's best, best actors currently at the moment, I would say. Very talented individual. He's uh, also a pretty damn banging techno DJ. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. He's got a lot of that 90s UK house type stuff. And he'd be banging, man. He's had records before uh, come out in the past. I think his name is DJ Dries, D-R-I-I-S. Uh, move the I over from Idris. And I believe that's the name he was under. And so he's no he's no slouch to this stuff, man. He's a fun, fun, fun watch. And if you haven't seen the the Netflix show, Turn Up Charlie, it's uh, it's not bad. He's like the main character in it. 
it's not typically my cup of tea in terms of like type of uh, TV shows, entertainment, whatever to watch on my television screen. But it was pretty good for what it was, because it was. Um, it's basically he's playing like uh, Mr. Nanny role on this one, and he's like a resurgent DJ trying to get back into the scene, and his friends are. DJs themselves, but they have a kid who needs attention, and so he gets back in the scene through them by taking care of the kid. You know, I think I've talked about this. Anyway, that's Turn Up Charlie. You can check it out. He's got some uh, some tracks he released under the name like Charlie Ao, which is his main character's name. I'm pretty sure he'll drop a few of them tomorrow. So he goes 9:35 to 10:45, just a little over an hour, a little shorter set. And then I think the piece Davies are stone gonna be justice with the dj set themselves that i think is gonna be fun as fuck because i saw them last year at hard summer or hard day of the dead excuse me uh when i was chicano thanos in the flesh he or they were pretty fun they were pretty bumping so i've seen them once do their live show at coachella twice this will be the second time that I'll see them do a, a spin a set, DJ set. So that'd be fun. All right, BFF stage is a little, little bit of smaller acts. Some of these acts I don't really am, uh, know too much about. I'm not super familiar. Sida Bellon, uh, don't know. Wongo, heard a few, few bumping tracks. Uh, listen to some of these playlists people put together. Uh, Matroda, uh, heard some some good stuff. Uh, Flametic Dogs, I like the name. <laughs> It's uh, very visual. They have some bumping tracks. I've listened to some of their stuff. Shift Keys is fun. And then Volak. Volak is also very bumping. So if at any point I'm trying to move away from the the main stage, I still got some dope-ass, like, uh, options to kind of chill with. So I'll kind of play it by ear. I'm going to be meeting some people there tomorrow, too. I've got some friends... That's a vet. Just ran a red light on Pico. That's how you know. Uh, <laughs> I got some friends I, that I'm going to be meeting up with. Uh, some people are kind of questionable. Shout out to Melissa and Henry. Henry in my fantasy football league. Um, yeah, we met at Coachella this year. And his girl, Melissa. They're cool peoples. Uh, and they're coming down from the Bay Area. So it'll be fun. I think the pregame might be at my place. If not, it will be at the location where they're staying, probably. Their Airbnb, they have one downtown, not too far from the venue. Um, They're asking me about the location. I'm like, yeah, you might want to take an Uber there. (laughs) You might not want to walk back from it. It might be a little little sketchy, you feel me? It's kind of like that. So, yeah, I kind of gave them the rundown. They kind of know what's up now. In any event, we're going to move on. On Sunday, initially I was think, considering selling the ticket. But now I think I'm getting a little excited to go at least peep it and check it out. Because, I mean, in honesty, like everything is like 6 to 12 for the most part on the schedule. That's an easy schedule to make. Uh, come in, have a good time, enjoy it. And I, if if I want to leave, if I want to come late, I can do that. It's no it's no real big deal, big deal, big issue. It's probably like a five 
dollar Uber, ten dollar Uber ride at the most. Um, you know what I mean? Real close to my place. Nothing to really stress about too much. Let's talk. Let's talk about the Sunday stages. All right. The uh, BFF stage. Let's go to that one. At five thirty, the doors open. Dylan Nathaniel. I've heard some bangers from seven to eight. Bruno Furlan. Eight to nine. My boy Will's telling me I should try to peep him. We shall see if that happens. Uh, Sunday is a lot more like loosey goosey for me. I'm not really strict on seeing any particular artists, so I might check it out. Uh, and then you got DJ Harvey and Gene Ferris closing it out, eleven to twelve. Um, DJ Harvey goes nine to eleven. There you go. And on the friend zone stage, uh, DeCapo at six, Kaz James at seven, Blondish at eight, Diplo back to back MK. That'll be interesting and fun to see. 9 to 10. I'll probably be there for that. Um, and then Black Coffee from 10 to 12. Closing it out. And we'll see where things lead me from there. Got a little bit of that homegirl. Male. Ame. And I'm a bit feeling nice. So come fuck with me if you there. If you see me, say what's up. Um, be wearing a Puma shirt. Green with vertical stripes. Um, maybe one vertical stripe down the front. Bright green shirt. I will be rocking that tomorrow. I don't know what I'm wearing on Sunday yet. I'm gonna play it by ear. Depends on how the weather is. It might be pretty warm. It might not be warm enough to wear tank top though. Decisions, decisions. Uh, I think they also announced that they have Doc Martin is on is on the. Uh, the lineup, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh, shit, son. Yeah, I think I got an email about that shit from somebody's. Somebody done told me. They done told me what the fuck. Ciao. It's riveting stuff, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Doc Martin got added. I think he was out. He's think he's a Saturday act. Doc Martin, Bones, Lee Wells, Mr. Kool Aid, and the Mike B at the unknown stage. Uh, it's confirmed. The unknown. Don't know where that's gonna be. Gonna have to look around. Talk to some people. Hope it's not just a VIP thing. I've seen Doc Martin before. Those acts are all really cool, but not necessarily somebody you go to see. If you see them, you're like, all right, sick. It's kind of kind of how you break it down. Um, is that him? Is that motherfucker? It looked like him. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Anyway, I don't know I'm talking to myself. Oh, because I'm doing a podcast. That's why, motherfucker. AMF is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Uh, I think I mostly just know people going Saturday. So Sunday might be a free-for-all. It might be a day to make friends or it might be a day to just, you know, rock out solo-dolo style. Sometimes you just got to do it. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, man, I'm trying to chill after that for a minute. I'm, I'm going to try to go to some, like, low-key Halloween functions. Nothing too big or crazy. No more festivals or nothing like that. Because that weekend, the second, 
is fight night. It's Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. And then it's Canelo Alvarez versus Sergey Kovalev. It's going to be two heavyweight matchups in boxing and in MMA. And I ain't going to miss that shit for nothing. My little sister even told me there's a Felipe Esparza uh, show down in San Diego that she's considering going to. And I'm like, hell no. Got to put on for my boy Nate. We got to have a fight night uh, get together. Which I'm putting the APB it out now. If you ain't doing shit on the second, hit me up. We're going to be chilling. We're going to be watching some shit. We're going to be drinking, having a good time. Uh, we're going to try to host some shit at the crib. So, uh, yeah, man. Let me know. Uh, the more the merrier. We got plenties of couches in the living room. Let's say that. All right. But besides that, though, moving on to like my schedule into the future, I got... I got some travel plans, though. We got, obviously, Thanksgiving, but the week before that, I'm going to the Raider game. They're uh, playing Cincinnati Bengals at home. That'll be very fun. Shout out to my primo Fidel for hooking it up with the ticket. He's got season tickets this year. And I'm excited about the team. We'll try to talk about the NFL a little bit later. I know I might recap couple weeks it's been like three weeks since i've talked about it i talked about it a little bit but only in relation to like what i was watching in the raider game uh during cross a couple weeks ago raiders had a buy so you didn't really miss nothing that's my excuse for not giving you an episode last week uh not the fact that i'm tired slash lazy slash i have other shit to do all right but besides that i think i'm gonna go on a little Business trip to Vegas, I think. Whew. That might be kind of crazy. Mm, I have to be on the hush-hush for that one. So, yeah. So, yeah, I got to say for that stuff, that's all coming up. I got some bills to, to pay in relation to that. So, it is what it is. Alrighty. Uh, talk about some of the comedy mics that I've done recently. I've had a couple good ones. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I've had some fun times. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, last week I had to do, I got to do a little storytelling mic, which I'd be excited to do next month too. I want to tell a different story. I was talking about the, the story that I talked about with Frank, our Coachella trip and all that, and how he, um, was, uh, feeling all awkward being around the uh, Los Gays, if you feel me, the uh, Ligabatuka, Ligabatuka people, the Ligabatuka, 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 you know what I'm saying, the LGBTQ, all them folks, so yeah, I got to tell that story a little bit, that was fun, Jake, a little bit of vino, actually was wearing a wine colored shirt from work wasn't even planning on going to that mic so i was just uh serendipitous and met some met cat who's running the mic shout out to cat and had a fun one she had some good good acts there it's omar omar kid he, he was funny he had some good uh a good funny story i won't spoil it or tell it or anything like that and then i think uh, uh brandon weeks uh, he runs, he's going to run this mic that I'm going to go to right now, that, 
at a Barnhart's Clown House, the Clown House here in downtown LA, every Friday. So he he runs a couple other ones too. So I've seen him around and hit him up about it. And he says, "Yeah, come on through." So um, yeah, that the one last week was at LA Wine. I do that once a month. But on Tuesday, I was able to make the mission from El Segundo all the way to downtown LA, and I ended up hitting three mics in the same night, which was kind of uh, kind of a fun little little adventure that I kind of went on. And for the first time in a while, I ended up in the black for the night. I would consider pretty fun, man. Pretty fun. It was uh, uh, the first mic I went to was at the patio outside of I think it's called Horse Thief, which is right there at, at Grand Central Market downtown. And if you don't know Grand Central, if you've never been, it is a pretty cool little spot. It's like a lot of little food stands, and they uh, uh, they have different little restaurants. Egg Slut is like one of the more popping ones that's in there. But they got a, like a couple different Mexican spots. You can buy some like uh, some produce in there too. Um, yeah, it's cool, cool little area. I highly recommend. Oh, there you go. There goes the firefighters. Uh, I highly, highly recommend going to the spot that sells carnitas on the edge right next to Egg Slut. It's called Via La, uh, Via La Moreliana. Or La... Yeah. Yeah, La Moreliana. Go there. Go there. Stand in line. The guy's going to give you a sample. It's going to be half a taco, and you're going to be like, damn, this is a good-ass taco. I'll take two. And then by the second one, you're going to be like, shit, I should have only got one. They put a lot of stuff in there. Get the mixto, I would say. That's my favorite. Just a little bit of everything because you can get, like, all parts of the pig. Different. You can get separated, or you can just have, like, it mixed together. I like it when it's all together. Um, some of it's crunchy. Some of it's uh, chewy. Some of it's uh, salty. Some of it is... Uh, a little more tender, some of it, you know what I mean? It's like a little bit of different, different of every, little, little, a little bit different flavor of every piece that you get. It is delicious. If you are a pork connoisseur, I know not everybody is. I wouldn't recommend eating it every day, but, you know, when in Rome, right? Because they make it a Stilo Michoacana, which is like in the, uh, the, uh, the big old, uh, olla, the big pan thing. Like the tin, tin, uh, tin pans or whatever, real deep ones, and they just have like the uh, like a wooden ladle, and you just like stir it with it, and it is oh so good, so so good. So yeah. Anywho, there was this uh, on the other side of it. There's an open mic though, and so like I go over to this open mic, and it's on the patio out outside. I write my name down. I come back, uh, go back inside, and I'm like, all right, this Golden Road Brewery right here. Cool, I'm gonna go. Grab me a little beer. Let's see. Oh, cool. They got mango card on the menu. Let me grab one of those. Not too strong. It's cool little flavor. I'm going to go grab one. So I go up to the to the, the, the counter and I order my beer. I hand the, the guys like, the uh, uh, guy at the register is like, all right, seven bucks. I'm like, all right, cool. So I, I pull out a 10 and I hand it to him. He takes the 10, opens the cash register, puts the 10 away immediately. But right when he put it away, he I could felt I could feel and I could sense that he did he forgot if he had put a ten or if he had put a twenty into the cash register. So he's looking and he has his hand on the five 
And he's like thinking about how to give me change. And I'm like, why is he giving me a five? He should only give me like three bucks back and I'll give him a few tip him with a couple bucks. So in my mind, I'm playing up to this uh, confusion that he has. So I say, hey, man, it's cool. Just give me two fives. Thinking that he believes I gave him a 20. So if I give him two fives, then it's like, oh, chill. He's tipping me three. I'm chilling. So he's just like, sure. Okay. Pulls out two fives. Hands it to me. Here's your beer. Thank you, sir. I grab the beer. I walk away. Some other dude takes order right behind me. And so basically, if you're paying attention, I got this beer for free. So I was like, fuck yeah. I'm on the come up. What's good? Playing the mental ju- uh, gymnastics, me- mental uh, jujitsu on them. You feel me? So I won that exchange. Go out, do my little mic. Um, and that one did, did so so. I'm trying to structure my jokes a little differently, so I don't know if it really hit correctly. Half the, like more than half the people in the audience were not from the U.S., so all my uh, football, American football references, kind of didn't hit a hundred percent there or whatnot. So, yeah, it is what it is. Um, moved on, went to another mic, and this one was at Onyx Lounge. Um, another. Another one. This time, this is a mic I've been to before a couple times. It was uh, it was kind of low key on this occasion, but the host there, which uh, I will shout out in a moment, she was giving out some weed prizes. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Also, cat. <laughs> This is uh, at Batty Cat Dubs. So yeah, she got uh, she she hooked it up. I got me some uh, little little edible gummies. So that was cool. I got I got a couple little prizes today. And then uh, the comic who was running the storyteller mic. Yes, really, storyteller mic. Stories and wine. At Yes Really Stories is the page for that one. Her name is Cat Crow. She goes by At Real Cat Crow. So, yeah. She did a thing. She was cool. She was gracious. Lovely host. And anyway, so the other cat, At Batty Cat Dub, she was hooking it up, man. She had a, she, you know, it was a little intimate, intimate little show. So that was cool. Did that one migrated on over to the bang bang room and then finished off with a set there and i think the bang bang room set was actually the funniest that i did so and i did two sets the same set twice on the first two and on the third one i was going to do another one another subject so i went over that and it was fun it was fun i think that one hit off it was cool it was fucking cool and Wow, thank you. And, uh, yeah, now I'm watching stories on Instagram. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why do I do the things that I be doing? All right, back to the podcast. Um, yeah, we'll see how tonight's mic going. This is mic number 71 for me, actually. 
I think I'm gonna try to push the goalposts a little farther back now, cause I think the I was hit, the goals hit the 50. Got it. Goals hit 75. I'm on the doorstep. Get hit it by next week if I hustle a little bit. I can get to 80 by the end of the month. And I think if I did the math correctly, to be on pace, I need like 82 by the beginning of November. And I only have 18 left. Nine and nine. I could chill and do that. It's not that difficult in my opinion. I'm even trying to see if I can hit some mics when I'm back home Thanksgiving weekend or even the weekend prior. I might try to get a tattoo also that Saturday before the Raider game. See if I can fit it in my schedule. See what we can do. Ooh-wee. I want to see if I can hang out with some, uh, some folks out in the Bay Area during that week, so... If you out there, if you out in the the 209 Sacramento area, all that NorCal jazz, hit me up, man. Maybe we can link. Um, I may or may not be able to buy you beer. Depends on my mood and if I fuck with you, pretty much. Uh, So, yeah, that's kind of what's been going on. I've been trying to see if I can do it in different locations. I was down in San Diego recently also. Um... this past weekend and had a good time there I was with family just visiting my aunt and some cousins cute little cousins they're uh, getting bigger and bigger and had, had a good time man I went to the gym out there at 24 with like my uh, my sister and my dad as guests oh my god there's some bad ones out there. Some bad, some tiny pieces. Oh my god! I'll just leave it at that. Very distracted. Very very distracted. We're 30 minutes in, and I haven't even gotten to like the real meat and potatoes of this. I've been taking notes for the past few weeks of everything I kind of wanted to address, bruh. 78 notes we're on note number four all right let's get to it man let's see what we could do biggest topic and conundrum in my opinion that's been going on in the world of sports we'll start with this daryl morey tweeting his support for hong kong via a retweeted photo it says stand with hong kong Ooh. as soon as that happened everyone was like whoa time out uh, Fertitta, the uh, um, Lorenzo Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, immediately distanced himself from that tweet, saying that he does not speak for the team or the NBA or anyone. He deleted the tweet eventually. Over periods of time, people got upset. China, all these businesses from that country, the government itself, a ton of entities, the fans in mainland China were pissed. If you haven't been paying attention to some of the political stuff that I've mentioned in the past few episodes, one, you're sleeping, you should download. I'm available on all streaming platforms pretty much. And two, it's basically extradition issue over Hong Kong being an autonomous part of China where they have their own rules and regulations and 
basically, I think what happened, somebody murdered somebody on mainland China or Taiwan in Taiwan, which is another region similar to that. So he was in Taiwan, he booked it, went to Hong Kong, and mainland, the Chinese government wanted to, uh, you know, ship him basically to mainland China. People in the Hong Kong government were like, yo, hold up, you can't really just demand that from us. And even though I think eventually they relented on it, the people were protesting because of it. Um... They were protesting like crazy because it, they felt it was another act of aggression of mainland China going, uh, you know, trying to like put their thumb on them, a little bit of uh, control for uh, the whole, uh, you know, controlling of their, their peoples and not making them be independent and being able to make their own decisions um, as, uh, you know, an own entity, an own government in and of themselves so that was not an option uh for the chinese uh for the the hong kong pe- the people of hong kong that was not uh, something that they were going to lay down and accept so it's a it's a very long and complicated history with the passover of uh of uh the land from uk rule to chinese rule in the 90s so very recent but it goes back all the way back to the opium war and that conflict like this goes back a couple hundred years so it's a it's a weird relationship so basically china had an agreement of like we're just going to keep our hands off and let you be you but we're still you're still going to be part of us and hong kong was like all right cool and that's kind of what happened and then and then uk gave them gave it back to china but now china's trying to be like ever so slowly through the years has gone inch like their power a little bit more a little bit more they're like hey we can do this and they're like all right uh okay i guess and then they're like we want to do that and then they're kind of like uh oh fine and then it's like okay now we want to do this and they're like oh shit i don't know man and and then so things just kind of get a little bit crazier and crazier through the years so basically that's been ongoing and the protests have been going on for a few months. The airport in Hong Kong had been uh, um, basically taken over by protesters on a few different occasions. There was like sit-ins and like flights were getting canceled and delayed. So there's, a lot of that has happened in the past. And Daryl Morey being somebody who tries to be righteous and uses a voice on Twitter for, you know, tweeting about like moral causes. And he's talked about politics at times in the past. Like to him to use that platform in that in that uh in that way this kind of like goes in similar in lockstep with that in theory but like the implications and like the what he's talking about he may not have been like as well versed and understand like the full ramifications of what he did because basically a shit show has ensued since that's happened right and this happened a couple weeks ago every single day i'm reading about a new development and something happening because then there's like uh one more person talks because people were slow to talk about it initially and then another person talks about it and then there's a backlash and then there's a reaction to the backlash and then there's a backlash to the backlash to the backlash and then the people just keep you know spinning whatever story they want on the on the news uh at least in sports news from what i pay attention to so yeah china ended up suspending a lot of relationships uh with the nba and the rockets the businesses are the ones who are having the biggest effect because 
Uh, check this out, guys. China is like the second biggest media market internationally in terms of like countries outside of the U.S. for NBA basketball. They are the biggest consumers of the sport. They have eaten it up and have loved it. Uh, obviously, Yao Ming is a, a a Chinese national hero for you know playing for the Rockets and everything that he's done in those years. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh they uh, they have like a um, a history of competing in the Olympics, and they've sent a couple other players to the NBA and. They uh they have like that 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 large connection. A lot of some NBA players have gone to China after they've retired to like continue retired from the NBA to kind of continue their careers. And most notably, Stephon Marbury. So there there's like a lot of connections that uh, the game of basketball and uh, the people of China have with one another, and it's something that has grown for the last 20, 30 years. Just just blown up. Like these people, they stream a lot of games and they buy a lot of gear, and for that teams have kind of marketed to them and they've been you know uh kotoing to them in the background of all this has been strained business relationships that has happened recently under this administration and uh the trade wars that's kind of been going on back and forth right so if you think about it it's like um for at least the the businesses it's like we're kind of in a tough position going back and forth with like these uh uh america media and all that you know we're having tough relationships with the american government maybe you know it wouldn't be the worst thing to kind of end these ties because they take they've taken down like all advertisements that include nba in it like everywhere over 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 shanghai and beijing everywhere the streaming platform Tencent, I want to say, is what it's called. They've uh, come out and said that they are not showing any NBA games for this upcoming season. And let me see what else. Um, Li Ning, the sneaker company, has cut all ties and stopped negotiating with the NBA over a deal to become one of their official affiliated brands since they have like a couple of them i know nike is number one on that list but they've since you know cut ties the shanghai pudong development bank has a sponsorship deal i believe with the houston rockets they've ended that um cctv which is the china state television which in the past has shown a handful of nba games per year will not be showing games this season and Anta, the shoe company as well, uh, has also decided to cut ties with the NBA. So this is like backlash galore. This is a lot of lost revenue for the NBA and for these teams and for the owners. And so one tweet has had a ripple effect that is hurting the pockets of a lot of these, uh, um, quite frankly, you know, uber rich billionaires who are like, this is like a, a play thing for them. This is not necessarily like a, a business investment, 100%. Um, so some of it is an ego thing. So it's hard to feel bad for them. But another ripple down effect is the, the for the players. Because if you think about it, the players get a percentage of the revenue of, of the salary cap every season. 
since business has been booming for the NBA, they've been growing, growing globally for the past two decades, exponentially, just massively. They have so many uh, international NBA players, super, superstars now, not just players, superstars, guys leading the way to championships and becoming integral parts of teams. These guys are, uh, you know, they're making money over hand and fist and just growing and growing and growing every year. The cap has been going up as a result of that every year, which means the players get a bigger chunk every season. But for the first time in almost 20 years, I want to say, the NBA cap is going to be predicted to fall this next season because of that missed revenue that they got from the Chinese market. So now the players are going to be like, well, what the fuck? I signed this max deal. I'm expecting $33 million next year. I'm only going to get 29, you know, you know, that's, that's another, you know, sub development. That's another yacht in like maintenance for a couple years, man. Like, you know, whatever. That's a couple bust down rollies for me. You know what I mean? Like whatever, whatever they're into that. That's some real shit. That's, that could be another like youth learning center that doesn't get built in the hood or something, you know, or like uh, a new AAU a gym for AAU uh, athletes, high schoolers, and all that. You know, you don't know how the, this money gets spent. But in any event, it's it's not coming through and being used uh, with here in uh, America. So it's been it's been crazy. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, talk about the NBA's response or lack thereof at times. They put out an official statement like four days, I want to say, after this uh, tweet went out, basically saying that, like, while we don't necessarily agree with the views expressed, we consider it his right as an American citizen to be uh, to use his free freedom of speech, however, which way he so chooses, even if it's not an endorsement of what we believe in as an organization as in the NBA. So they kind of put out a statement kind of like that, at least in English. The Chinese translation apparently was a lot more heavy-handed in terms of knocking Mori down and saying, uh, you know, kind of putting him in his place a little bit more, not kind of standing up for him quite as much. So that's kind of been one of the backlashes, and people have said, like, man, Adam Silver should have, like, addressed this before a lot of other players are asked for, like, their comments. Add to the fact that there was a... NBA like preseason games that were happening in Beijing and, and in Shanghai between the Rockets or excuse me the Lakers and the Nets so that put all their players kind of like on the spotlight and to see what uh, they would say so they eventually cut all media availability for the players after like one media session and like things kind of a little dicey in terms of what they were saying and so um, in terms of like them getting heat while they're there in China, they're not being able to, to, to be chill and just cool out, you know, and just uh, just play the games like how they normally do. And just, you know, they, they go over there for uh, for a lot of business opportunities, you know. Like a lot of these NBA players like try to be, you know, nice with uh, the Chinese uh, people so that they could like them and buy their stuff pretty much. I know Harden goes there all the time. Clay Thomas just signed a big deal to uh, um, for Li Ning, their brand. Um, everybody really goes over there at least once. 
during their career. Steph Curry's gone a few times. LeBron's there often. Kobe used to go. So it's like kind of like a new new trend that's gonna happen in the last 10, 10 years or so. And yeah, that's uh. So like them, kind of being on like, not good grounds. There was no advertisements. The game wasn't shown anywhere in China. It's like if they kind of like ignored that it that it was happening, and. It kind of defeated the 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 purpose of like even going there in the first place, right? Because it was there to build relationships, and at this point, the relationships were like kind of fraying. And it's crazy because like Maury sent this like a week before they were traveling over there. So once they got over there, this was like the focus of everything that was going on. And and yeah, apparently, and then LeBron had some comments about it. Basically, kind of put Maury down a little bit. Saying like uh, he was critical of Maury, saying he didn't know the ramifications of his tweet and what was going on, and that he wasn't fully fully well versed in terms of the situation. And then he apparently was people were coming out in the media saying he he um, said it in a certain light, and then he he had like uh, sent two tweets to clarify the the tweet or whatever the statement, and like it was just like one thing after the other after the other. And he was real critical of Maury um, in his comments, which appeased the the Chinese fans. But then the, the people in Hong Kong who loved him, they're not burning his jersey, man. There's like video from this last week of them just going full full on uh, Cleveland fans. Uh, they were burning his jersey, man. They were just trying to get rid of it, and they were really upset, showing their uh, their passion about this whole this whole issue, everything that's been going on. It's crazy, crazy. It's so in- insane that even people in American government have been commenting. This has been like the one time where it's kind of funny. People on all sides of the aisle are really coming out against uh, Maury and like what he did, and kind of coming out against the NBA. Maybe not necessarily for Maury, but like for people for the NBA, the league, they're coming out against them for not being you know having like balls i guess in the situation they've been kind of you know kowtowing to the uh to the chinese government and right now that's like a little bit of a sore spot considering the the trade wars and all that stuff that's going on all the tariffs and and uh taxes that they've been doing all these little games that's been going on because trump has really hit the really put pressure on the chinese for like a lot of the decisions that he's been doing and he's just like been saying the markets be damned in certain parts he's like we'll figure it out which is like kind of sort of something that super liberals want but also something super conservatives want too it's a very weird issue because the super liberals will say it's because of the human rights issues we shouldn't be doing with this these like horrible people Super conservatives are just like, man, we feel like we're getting screwed in all these deals because the Chinese are just taking all their intellectual property and they're they're kind of gaming the system. They're not creating anything themselves. They're stealing, pretty much. So Ted Cruz and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came out with a joint statement against the NBA saying they should not do any business with China until these Chinese businesses start doing business with them. And 
of course it's a political political move because that's not a money move right the money move is like you got to do whatever to to get uh ink on the contract right get the dollars flowing so yeah man apparently 10 to 15 percent decrease in the salary cap that's that's significant man that's significant to everybody Oh, man. And then uh, also, I got to say, freaking Trumpito also talked about it. But he's such an idiot that he doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. He just uses this as like an opportunity for him to just shit on Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich because both of them in the past have been very critical of his administration and the decisions that he's been making. And they were both hesitant to speak up initially in regards to the whole conflict and everything that's been going on over there in hong kong so they uh they don't want to step on anybody's toes for that regard to make it an international incident they're not afraid to do so if it's a local or like a national case which i can kind of i can see that argument if you're gonna speak about something speak about what you know about and these guys feel you know well versed enough in american society to talk about that the Chinese situation is highly complicated. It has got layers that you can pull back from. So, yeah, man, it is a uh, is a difficult one to uh, to kind of terse out there. But basically, Trump was just saying because they've been critical of Trump. He was saying, man, these guys have no balls. They're not stepping up and uh, talking their shit on uh, China like they would, uh, you know, his administration or whatnot. So, it's. Uh, it's a shit show. It's like, he's the president, man. Like, yeah, you can talk about this issue, but like, goddamn, like that way, like, you just gotta just. The only thing he's thinking about is himself because he's just being vindictive uh, over the over people who he perceives hate him and uh, disagree with him, basically. So yeah, crazy times. There's been little ripple effects of this like China shit, like all over, all over, and it's like new developments every single day about what's going on. And uh, what can happen? And just like when you think it, it dies out, there's like another little little ripple. But man, how crazy is it? You got a whole country, a whole government that just says "fuck this, uh, uh, fuck this team." Houston, Houston was the Chinese team. Red and white were the colors. You had the premier Chinese basketball player in Yao Ming on the team for nine years. They sold Buku jerseys, man. So many T-Mac jerseys in China, too. So many T-Mac Adidas. So many Reeboks uh, sold from uh, from Yao Ming. So much merch, man. And these fans, they're, they're, they know their shit now. I ain't gonna front. A lot of them know their shit. They're supporting other franchises and other teams... And it's pretty pretty insane, man. Ooh, another red light got ran. Damn, tons of people. Damn, some dude almost smacked into another car too. Jesus. All right, let's move on. Um, I might have to go a little bit more rapid fire than that one because that one was pretty long winded. Shaq was Dame Dalla getting on a little rap beef, going back and forth. I don't know if you guys had a chance to hear that. Dame, Dame spits bars. 
Shaq was, I think, more entertaining, though. Shaq had the little video with the puppet and stuff like that, which is a little stupid shit, but I don't think any of it's real. I think it was just entertaining. Uh, it's just funny to, to think of Shaq as a rapper because he doesn't really do it that often. Used to. It was kind of... It's so crazy. He's got a platinum record. You forget Shaq has a platinum album. Shaquille O'Neal has a platinum rap record. Back in the day. But Dame can spit, man. That boy from Oakland, man. He's from the town. Shit, damn near half the people of the town can spit. Like, you give him a beat, somebody's gonna be flowing. So that, that, uh, I don't know if he's the best rapper currently. There's a couple other dudes that aren't bad either. Bagley's not too bad. I'm gonna root for him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on for my, uh, my, my hometown squad. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, yeah. Kind of had a, a debacle at the Olympics for the USA team. So, in the result, uh, resulting few days to weeks after that, we had Steph Curry, Clay, and Dame Lillard all committing to the 2020 Olympic team. Just with those three guys, I think they would have won it. Um, they give them like their usual performances. Clay obviously has got to be healthy by that point. But yeah, Olympics are going to be next year, so I think the team, the roster is going to be a little bit more beefed up. It was a lot of people didn't want to go there to China this year. Funny enough, that's where they held the, the FIBA World Cup, basketball World Cup there. And they, uh, um, yeah, they didn't have a good showing. They finished like seventh or some shit. Not good. Lost a couple games in a row at the end. They could do better. They could do better. All right. NBA is looking to verify the height and ages of players now. Because apparently there's some controversy over Buddy Hill's age from what he was listed versus what he actually is. I think he was listed a year younger than he actually was. Nobody just ever bothered to correct the listing or ask him, I guess. I think it was one false print on Wikipedia kind of got pushed everywhere else or basketball reference or something, you know. So, yeah, and then the other thing is, like, the heights. Because there's a lot of players that are listed at a certain height, and that's not their their real height. Like, Isaiah Thomas is listed at 5'11". They actually verified his height without shoes. And he's, like, 5'8". Zion was listed at 6'8". He's actually more like 6'6". He's, like, a real Charles Barkley comp, man. Dude is explosive. Um, Marvin Bagley, the aforementioned Marvin Bagley. MB35. He was listed at 611. I think they bumped him down to 68. So that's like a drastic one. He's got the afro and long ass arms, so it's very easy to get that. I don't know. I think that was that's what some reports said. I don't know if that got confirmed quite yet. But there's been a few a few listings that have kind of been all over. Kevin Durant at 611. It's cuz he slouches. Feel like he puts his head down all the time. You know what I'm saying? He just doesn't really stand straight at attention. You know? So yeah, NBA looking to do that. Alright, Kings were in um, Mumbai. They were in India recently. They were taking on the Pacers in preseason action. 
Rockets were in Japan. I can't remember. There's a couple other teams that were over around in Asia. But the Kings were using uh, a very special plane to transport themselves on over the South Pacific. It was Air Drake, to be specific. It was, yeah, Drake's plane. His uh, private plane that he bought himself and was, like, furbishing out to be, like, OVO-themed and all that stuff. Yeah, they used it to fly to India. Team ended up losing twice to the Pacers. Indiana, I don't know. Coincidence, maybe? I don't know. But that's uh, neither here nor there. So, yeah, I guess Drizzy, man, ending the drought for the Raptors. Letting the Kings use the plane, man. I, th- I, might, I might be on Team Drizzy now. I might, be, might, not be, might not be too bad, you know what I'm saying? I might, be, might come over there. Team Drizzy. I don't know. I don't know. Um... I think I would enjoy him more as like a human being than I w- than I do kind of as an artist. And that's kind of a weird thing to say because I understand his like ploys and what he does and for tactically in the music industry. I don't know if it rubs me the right way all the time. It's kind of a complicated feelings thing. But yeah, so uh, that happened. All right, moving on. LeVar Ball, sued by his former business partner, claims that $2.5 million was embezzled between the big baller brand and uh, baller sports group, or ball sports group, I think is what it's called. Um, this is, I think, a countersue because the Ball family sued this guy. I can't remember the hell his name, and I don't feel like looking it up. They sued his ass prior because they thought he was, was uh, stealing money, dipping into that... Uh, the piggy bank there. I think Lonzo talked about it on one of the undefeated episodes of the shop. And yeah, kind of went a little bit more in depth about the subject. So yeah, man, that kind of happened. Uh, let's see here. No, uh, next one. Going to a little bit of college basketball briefly. We had Snoop Dogg was performing gin and juice. <laughs> And his usual raunchy hits in front of some college students. And you're like, well, what's the issue here, Mario? Well, he did it at a very particular event. This was the kickoff, like midnight madness event for the KU Jayhawks, Kansas University, at Allen Fieldhouse. They decided to pony up and get Snoop Dogg there and have him do a performance. Apparently there was some... uh, uh, reported misinterpretations. This is in air quotes because I feel like it's just people kind of backtracking and, and saying something that's maybe not true. But yeah, he did a X-rated set or pretty much a normal Snoop Dogg set. You know what I'm saying? Like he is what it is. Like she, you know, he is who he is. But he had dancers out there with stripper poles set up on the court. And they were spinning around them shits and twerking and all that stuff. If I was a Kansas Jayhawk student, I would have been so fucking hyped. I would have been so lit. I would have been loaded. Oh, man. That would have been some shit. That would have been amazing. For the administration, they're kind of like, well, what are we doing here, guys? What are we doing here? A little bit more dicey, if you know what I'm saying. Ooh, 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 ooh. So yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I think that was that was a funny ass story. 
And Snoop Dogg was like, shit, they fucking look like they enjoyed it. And I'm like, hell yeah, if I was fucking stupid, I would have been fucking gigging. That would have been sick. So, yeah. I think that's all the basketball news we're going to talk about for the moment. Um, yeah, NFL. Couple weeks has happened. Raiders have played a few games. Beating uh, the Colts and then beating... The Chicago Bears, that's just beating them, whooping their fucking ass. Holy shit, they just beat the living crap out of that team, dog. That shit was fun as fuck to watch. Holy shit. Crazy, man. Big boys were just bruising. It was like Jackson, Incognito, Trent Brown, Cole Miller were just, they were just knocking fools over. Alec Engle, the fullback. Tight ends, Moreau and Waller were blocking. Jacobs was getting off, doing his thing, getting the ball early and often. Carr making enough throws and completions. They got off to a ridiculous start in that game two weeks ago. We're up 17-0 at halftime. The Bears come out in the third quarter and just, like, give it to them. Two touchdowns. Another touchdown in the fourth. They take the lead, 21-17. Raiders have, like, eight and a half minutes left. And they lead just a beautiful drive down the field. And it was auspicious to start because they got to, like, third down, fourth down. They didn't convert. Punting the ball away. They get a penalty on the defense for running into the kicker. Not roughing the kicker because roughing the kicker would have been 15 yards. It looked like he took out his plant leg. So we're like, what the fuck? Uh, these refs are just trying to not give the Raiders a chance. That's what it seemed like. There were so many calls that were going against the Raiders the whole fourth quarter, and it was just fucking so disappointing in the second half. They were giving the Bears a bunch of chances. This game's in London, by the way. It was at Tottenham Stadium, so that's the environment. Um, so, yeah, they uh, calls weren't going their way. They give them only the five yards, so it's, it becomes fourth and one because uh, it was at fourth and six prior. And with that... They run uh, the pump formation back out there, but they give uh, the snap over to the up man as a fake, and he rushes it up the middle, and this is like Eric Harris, one of the safeties. So he gets the ball, he pushes in the pile, and he just gets clobbered in the middle of the pile, and it is not conclusive in terms of where the ball was and if he got the first down, right? So they spotted it really close, and I think they initially marked it short, but they looked at it again. And they gave him a better spot. And they gave him the first down. It was the most critical call that was made in the game, in my opinion. Gave him that first down. They were on to uh, get a couple uh, big plays. Some more, a few receptions. Jacobs rushed it a a few times as well. They were moving the ball. They got it into uh, the red zone. Got it inside the 10, inside the 5. And then they had this run up the middle with Jacobs. And this dude is like a freaking beast. He's like Marcus Allen mixed with freaking uh, uh, Emmett Smith. I swear. He's got the shiftiness of Emmett and just that, just that, I don't know, that athleticism of Marcus Allen. Because he, the way he flies through the air, it's incredible, man. He jumped from the four yard line over a couple people made collision fell down inside the goal line 
I was like, holy shit, the camera angle from the from the sideline is insane, man. You're like, whoa, how the hell is a human being supposed to clear that much room? It is crazy. With pads on, bracing for contact, you're like, yo, dog. And he just took it to Trevathan, too. Had him moving backwards. Oh, man, that, that he capped, that, capped the drive off beautifully, man. I was so hyped. So hyped when that happened because the Raiders, for them to win in in Indy and then a technical home game, but in London, yo, back-to-back wins. Those are two wins that if you saw the beginning of the season on the schedule, you're like, that's going to be hard to do. Dicey. They stepped it up and got it done, and that's the bottom line in the NFL. It doesn't matter if you win by one or if you win by 100. A win is a win is a win is a win, and that's all you need, and that's all that matters. That's literally all that matters. Uh, for the season for the team uh, and they were just oh man put on they put on ooh damn they did their thing man they were shining I loved it I loved it defense got some turnovers uh, got some pressures got some sacks Max Crosby looking looking uh, like he's running into form we need to see Clellan Farrell step it up a little bit but it's good to see Crosby the third rounder get into action using those big arms those big hands he gets a batted balls he's been getting able to get uh, separation from the uh, the blockers with the reach that he has Mo Hurst PJ Hall in the middle second year guys starting to come into form Mo Hurst was impressive with the pass rush on uh, a couple weeks ago Getting up into uh, um, Chase Daniels' face and filling in for Trubisky, and man, it was uh, a hell of a performance. I would say, a hell of a job by the team. They were pretty damn crazy, pretty damn incredible. And if they play that way the rest of the season, they're gonna get, they're gonna be able to stack some wins. They got some dicey games coming up, but then the second half of the schedule gets very much easier less travel this team is on like an unprecedented streak right now they flew to indy back to oakland to london back to oakland then they go to houston this week back to oakland to go home and then they have another kansas city which is not far, They're in the divi- or which is not close, which is in the division, but it's still a bitch to kind of get there. So you got to go to Kansas City, and then the schedule starts lightening up. So they've just been off this bye week trying to get healthy. Uh, read that uh, um, Tyrell Williams is still going to be out. I think he has a foot injury. So that's something to monitor. That might be big. Raiders been trying to get some wideouts. They just traded for Zay Jones from the from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, obviously had a, uh, a Davis kid who got that long touchdown against Indy on that jet sweep. He's been doing things, running kicks back as well. Dwayne Harris has been injured. Yeah, man, it's uh team is kind of, you know, working through some issues. They're going to reportedly get Gabe Jackson back, which is going to be big. But on the downside, I think Trent Brown is going to be doubtful for the game this week. He's a big, uh, big
big, big key piece of that offensive line. If uh, if he's not out there, that might be something to look out for and monitor if Carr on his uh, strong side. Do have to mention that there were some sexual assault allegations that came out uh, against him by an ex-girlfriend. I read the allegations. They're not very pretty. Um, I will hope that... I will refrain from commenting one way or the other, um, aside from the fact that if, you know, whatever did happen, you hope that the truth comes out and um, the repercussions be as they may because of it. So, yeah, you don't want to see anybody get away with something so vile, but if it's untrue, you'd hate to see somebody sullied for no reason and you know how relationships are they're not you know they could be dicey the emotions and feelings and all that it could be it could be there so yeah that's uh that's kind of my thoughts on that um vontez perfect is still going to be suspended for the whole year he had that Helmet to helmet hit against the Colts, and that's uh, that's gonna be it, man. They deemed it too too vicious, too vicious, too malicious. They said he could have easily changed his uh, launch angle and avoided the hit. I'm not so 100% sure of it. It was such a bang bang play. He did lead with his helmet. I'll give you that. Um, suspension, sure. The whole year, uh, maybe, I don't know, I don't know, 12 games. He's a repeat offender. I think it's up for debate. The team is obviously very pissed now that it's a little thin at middle linebacker on the defensive side. So to hear Whitehead has been stepping up and been doing pretty well in spurts. But Vontez was uh, kind of the anchor there on that on that side of the ball, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate, man. Uh, he's a scary guy, though. We'll move on, man. Bradley Chubb ended up tearing his ACL. This is a couple weeks ago. He's going to be out for the year. Von Miller's been, uh, kind of been by himself there on the defensive line the last few weeks. They played last night against Kansas City and got, got kind of worked, even though Mahomes got injured in that game. Uh, Matt Moore, the backup now for... Kansas City, uh, yeah, the, uh, called? Um, the Broncos, they did get off the schneid. They've won a couple games. They have two games. They beat the, uh, the Chargers. That was, uh, Chargers, man, they look, they're going downhill. So Kansas City's still the, the cream of the crop. They're kind of going downhill, too. They lost a couple games in a row. But yeah, Chubb out for the season for for them. This Gardner Minshew guy, man, keeps uh, putting up some numbers. He's having some good performances. Didn't do so well last week. They got a little cocky and started giving out all the fake mustaches out to the fans. I think like 35,000 fake mustaches, if I remember correctly. But he had a, a comeback against Denver a few weeks ago. That was pretty impressive. Led the uh, game-winning drive. Also had another potential game-winning drive against Houston this year. So this guy got has some moxie. doesn't look like the moment's too big for him. That's half of what you can ask for along with the talent. It's just uh, 
kind of looking like you belong out there. And this guy's like a folk legend, man. Looks like Uncle Rico. But he's uh, playing smooth like Rico Suave, you feel me? I don't know. <laughs> that was a bad one. Uh, yeah, what else happened? Uh, yeah, the week before the Raiders played him, Trubisky Garrett's a shoulder against the Minnesota. Chase Daniels ended up coming in and led them to the win, but then they lost to the Raiders, like I said before. So this Bears team is just up and down. That division is looking like it's Minnesota. It could be Minnesota's. Chicago doesn't look like they want it. Um, Green Bay looks like probably them. They're like the most complete team as far as like the contenders there in the NFC North. Uh, Lions, shout out to the Lions too. They're, they're a very solid squad. Raiders have to play them as well. Um, yeah, I think they play at Detroit as well. Shit. It's like at Houston, at Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. So the North has a couple teams. Minnesota's still trying to vie for themselves. They, uh, they've gotten better Kirk Cousins performances the last couple weeks. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Thielen went off two weeks ago. Diggs finally went off last week. <laughs> I think you just need to talk shit to Kirk and he'll just listen to you pretty much. Just shit talk him a little bit. So yeah, there's that. Um, Trubisky's not going to need surgery, so he'll come back, I think, in a week or two. Uh, but Chase Standard didn't look too bad that first game. I mean, they didn't have the game plan for him, so it's coming off the bench. It's a little different, so... Anyway, Josh Allen got knocked out against the Pats with a concussion, but it looks like he's okay now. Um, speaking of concussions, two weeks ago, Mason Rudolph was playing the the uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the backup, because Ben Roethlisberger hurt his elbow out for the season. Rudolph came in and wasn't doing wasn't doing bad. He uh, was scrambling to his left and takes a f- huge shot from Earl Thomas on the Ravens, uh, their safety. Uh, right to the head, boom, smacked him hard, and you could tell he was already knocked out before his body even hit the ground, like, as soon as he released the ball, he gets smacked, his hand starts uh, going in an awkward direction, and he falls onto the ground, his arms are just, like, laid out, he doesn't have movement, he starts, you can see his arm tweaking a little bit, twitching, and you're like, oh, shit, they fucked this dude up. You're like, yo, man, this dude just got hit so hard. I was we're watching, I was watching Red Zone when it happened, and it was just like, oh my god, is he alive? Because he was sitting on the on the on the turf. His legs were in opposite directions, and people were waving to the sideline to get the trainer and the medical staff over there to look at him, inspect him, because it was not good. Like it was to the point where you're like, damn, he might have died on the field right there. It was that bad. It was a vicious hit. Like, I'm not going to lie. It was an ugly one. It was an ugly one. It uh, took a lot. Took a lot to watch. They uh, they ended up taking care of him. They unscrewed his face mask from his helmet, like uh, his protocol. But what ended up happening was some fucked up shit. The damn cart that leads him, like taking him to the locker room apparently broke i don't know how the fuck that happens who's in charge of fixing the cart to make sure that motherfucker can get to the damn locker room in time like for real though how the fuck does that happen how does that happen how do you not have a backup cart somewhere 
that shit was so dumb to me. Like, you're like, holy shit. Eventually, it was like five minutes later, the, the team was taking forever to, like, treat him. He ends up, like, sitting up. They help him to his feet, and they walk him off to the sideline. At the time, I, we didn't have the, the sound on, so we didn't know the car was broken. So we're like, damn, okay, I guess apparently he's doing better than we thought. Because we are like, shoot, he should be stabilized. He should be going to the hospital. I'm like, how do they not even have, like, the little uh, the little thing they carry the guys on in soccer? You know what I'm saying? With the, the guy in the front and the guy in the back hold him? You know, like a guy breaks his foot. They put him on that thing. They don't have, like, a cart that actually goes on there. They just have two people that, that carry the guy off. Like, why don't they do that shit for him? You know? What, they don't have one of those? What is it? A gir- not a gurney, but you know what I'm talking about. They ain't got that shit in the NFL. Like, what the hell? What kind of protocol is that? So that was that was, that was was messed up, man. I was like, damn. This dude saw his life flash before his eyes. Now he's got to, like, pick himself up by his bootstraps and shit. Like, damn, dude. I felt for that dude, man. That was that was a rough one. That was a rough one. Man. So yeah. Um all right, a couple other big news and notes. Kansas City, like I said, they lost to Indianapolis, the Colts at home a couple weeks back on uh Sunday night football. That was a big one. That was the first loss of the year. People thought KC could have like really had a chance to have like a legendary season only maybe a couple losses they still can they still can they still they have two but they they lost back to back they lost at home and then they lost to houston as well i want to say also at home so i had two home games that they ended up losing but those two teams are no slouches i would say indy's gonna be in the playoff hunt uh with uh even without luck with uh um what's his face brissette jacoby brisket so, uh, that's going to happen in Houston, and any week could go off. They're very, like, uh, Jekyll and Hyde-ish. It's all a matter of if they can block for Winston, pretty much. Or not Winston. Uh, freaking Watson. Deshaun Watson. So, if they can keep him upright, he's going to tear teams apart. Like, he's that good. He really is. And they've been doing a much better job in the last few weeks of blocking for him. I've uh, been paying a lot of attention because he's on my fantasy team. So uh, if he does good, that's good for me, man. So, yeah, like I said, Mason Rudolph, he went out. His backup quarterback went out. He's known for the duck whistle. I don't even know his name. They call him the duck whistle. But he got a win against the Chargers. (laughs) Technically, it's a road game, but it might as well have been a home game. This was Heinz Field West. The Chargers have the shittiest home field advantage. This they have a home field disadvantage in Los Angeles. Like their their situation's dire. It's not it's not good. I don't I don't see them moving to the new stadium and their situation getting any better either. Like the Chargers, what are you guys doing? It's so little like want for the team here or need for the team here now that the Rams kind of stole that thunder. So it's bad, man. In the same day, the Niners beat the Rams, too, uh, this last weekend, and it was also disgusting. It was, like, all red <laughs> red jerseys up in the stands at uh, the L.A. Coliseum. So this is, like, for both L.A. teams, it's looking, it's looking rough. Looking rough. And, uh, yeah, Rams are kind of slipping up now. Niners are kind of controlling the NFC West. And then, as we mentioned, Kansas City kind of doing their thing on uh, the AFC side of things. 
All right, moving on. Uh, we are talking about the Lions earlier. They'd have a better record if they wouldn't have got screwed on Monday night this last week. Man, they got screwed over by the refs on four different calls. Two of them were the, were the most egregious ones. The one where it was the legal hands to the face where the defender, he was grabbing inside the uh, shoulder pad. He wasn't grabbing the face mask. But it was close, and they flagged him twice on it. And the replays clearly showed he didn't do that. So he shouldn't have been flagged. And it was on key plays for Aaron Rodgers and uh, the final drive of the, of the, of the uh, game. Basically decided, helped decide the outcome, gave him other chances. And, you know, if you give one of these... Uh, legendary quarterbacks a second chance they're going to take advantage of it and they're going to kill you and that's what Rodgers did uh, with the Packers and Aaron Jones dude has just been murking uh, Devontae Adams isn't even healthy right now and it looks like he's still getting enough production from his wideouts even though they've been dropping passes and he can't really fit him in there like he used to with some of the guys he was just would work with all the time the, the Cobbs and Nelsons of the world all those guys so, uh, yeah, man, it is what it is. Sucks, man. Uh, my roommate Allen is obviously the most pissed being a Vikings fan. He's like, man, fuck this dude. Fuck Rodgers. All right, let's see. We'll go through a few more football ones, and then we'll get to some baseball talk, a little bit of baseball talk. And then um, got some more fight shit. All right, moving on. Uh, oh, yeah, shout-out to uh, Darren Waller getting paid. Got a three-year, $27 million extension on his contract. Shout-out to that. Just signed it, like, two days ago. He deserves it. He's been balling out for me, man. Been balling out. Oh, yeah, shout-out to John Gruden, too, doing the freaking dance out there in London and shit. Goes into the locker room. If you haven't seen the clip, I'd recommend watching it. Comes in and dresses the team. just like, uh, that's the most fun I've ever had in a football game. I'll tell you what, guys. I ain't got a disco ball in here, but I just want to dance. And he starts doing, like, some weird-ass shit. And the whole team was just like, yeah, woo Oh, shit. Named my fantasy team after him. But it didn't really matter. Still, we still lost. Uh, anyway. All right. Some uh, front office news. Jalen Ramsey traded to the Rams for a 2020 and a 2021 uh, first-round pick. So two first-rounders and a 2021 fourth-rounder. Wow, big blockbuster there for the Rams. They picking up Jalen Ramsey. They did have to give away Marcus Peters. He was traded to the Ravens for linebacker Kenny Young and a 2020 pick. So uh, initially it was just like, why are they getting rid of Peters? But then they got the Ramsey trade happened later in that day, and they're like, oh, now that makes a little bit more sense in terms of uh, uh, what what happened. The 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 order of when the news broke, it was kind of a little perplexing. It's like, damn, they're not going to have any corners? And then it was just like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. I got one of the best ones. So we'll see how Ramsey looks, uh, if he's going to be motivated and on the same page as the whole defense and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, so there's a couple couple trades the Rams made to kind of change up their secondary. Peters, he's had his, like, ups and down moments. For that Baltimore team, I think he's going to be – he could be a good, very good pickup. He could be a very good fit. Uh, he is the most Oakland dude in the NFL at the moment. And, yeah, just, just keep that in mind if you're picking up this dude up. Uh, he's just like embodiment of like a Oakland motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, move on. We have our first firing of the NFL season. Jake Rudin was let go by the Washington Redskins. That's uh, 
John's younger brother. But he got a, he got a, let go at 5 a.m. I think on a, the Monday after the a loss or Tuesday after the loss. I can't remember. 5 a.m. Man, that's a rough phone call to take. Same time at the same time, there were some videos that leaked of him apparently smoking something outside of a bar or a club. Some people think it's a doobie. And this guy doesn't give a shit, really. He was talking to some broad out there, um, doing his thing. It's like typical late night, you know, bullshitting type of stuff, right? So I kind of feel for Jay. And this video, I think, was like from a few years back, too, even. People holding on to it for just black blackmailing or whatever. Anyway, it leaked. It is what it is. Gronk's going to join Fox Sports as a pregame analyst. And he says he's not coming back from retirement uh at all so yeah i'll be interested to hear how he he talks he's a very entertaining kind of dude just in general but we'll see how that goes for him best of luck uh robert uh hope you're pretty good at the media he was pretty good being candid just in interviews and stuff like that i think he might be a good fit there's a cfl quarterback levi mitchell apparently says he turned down the vikings after a workout this offseason because they didn't want him to challenge kirk Apparently he was so confident in himself. He was slinging the ball around, looking how good. And they asked him about what he think he could do. And he says, yeah, I'm going to come in and challenge for the number one. And he's like, well, you're not going to be the consummate backup professional. And he was just like, what the fuck? No, why would I want to do that? If you're not uh, bringing me in to compete, why are you bringing me in? And this was after Kirk's like worst game of the, of the year by far, where he was just looking horrible against Chicago. And... Uh, <laughs> He's looking all right in the in the game since then. He uh, he's messed the Raiders up. Basically, he's uh, if they can run the ball, he's he's gonna have a pretty good outcome. If not, then it might be struggle city for him. Right? Uh, Ellen DeGeneres got caught sitting next to George W. Bush at the Cowboys game a few weeks back, and because uh, he was like making a, a presentation on the field, I think he made a donation of some sort. I cannot remember. It was like him and his family uh, out there. And they were showing on the Jumbotron, uh, or not the Jumbotron, on TV, kind of uh, sharing some popcorn. You know, I think she was showing him something on her phone and making a laugh and whatever. They looked like they're having a good time, enjoying the game. And people were like, yo, what the fuck, man? This is like one of the most uh, progressive uh, lesbian allies that we have in Hollywood. Why are you schmucking it up with some dude who's a, a lot of people consider a war criminal and... Uh, a horrible politician and etc cetera, etc cetera. you know he's got his like uh, his own faults and his own problems with his uh, his record in the past and stuff like that so people wanted to go all crazy and attack her and she was just kind of like yo man it's like uh as a comedian i try to be chill with everybody i want to be cool and i want to be nice and i know no one's perfect but it's easier to be nice than it is to be be a bad sourpuss a bad person and so she says that, and people were kind of ripping her on that, because, like, we're in the craziest, like, climate right now in terms of this stuff and the reactions and everyone going, you know, crazy. It's like, is this, like, really, should this be your focus, you know? Yeah, man, I think every president ever has, like, blood on their hands in terms of some of the decisions they made. But that's just par for the course that's part of the job description at this point you can't be upset about that for i mean you can be upset at the decision that is made but i don't know out of everything too it's like bush is like i feel doesn't get as much blame as some of the other presidents uh in certain situations because 
he was coming off as a doof, and it seems like uh, Dick Cheney was the one making a lot of the, the calls there, really pulling the strings behind the scenes. So if that really was the uh, um, the situation, then so be it. So fucking be it. All righty. What else we got? Um, let's see. Do I have time? I'm going to go... We're going to take a break. We're going to finish up with some of these stories. And then, uh, yeah, man, we'll uh, we'll get back to you. I got to go do this open mic right now. I'll give you an update as to how it goes. All right. Now I'll be back in a sec. All right. And we're back through the magical power of editing. It is now Saturday the 19th. Uh, chilling in the evening. Waiting to get, going to get ready for this uh, AMF festival in a little bit and surprising turn of events that have occurred within the last few hours but i have copped my ticket to go see idris elba at sound tonight and that'll be going off i think till four in the morning i'm just balling i'm going for it i guess this weekend this shit's gonna be fun this is gonna be having i'm gonna have a good time i'm getting amped i'm getting amped so i gotta finish this podcast before i've been kind of procrastinating on shit today uh yeah last night was cool did the the comedy set uh saw my boy austin there uh zach also too um he was doing his first set ever not bad uh who else did i see um yeah man shout out to to uh brandon um hosting the mic yeah so i went did that met up with a friend of mine who works over at um morton's got me a couple drinks feeling myself just got paid got a couple sales at my job so i was like screw it i'm gonna do it did that and then busted it back did uh the rest of the mic and then because this one it's like you have like a little three minute intro little clearing thing they call it where you just get to talk about whatever your day was you know what's on your mind and then you can go through material and you get seven minutes later on in the mic. So it's uh, it's an interesting one. Also, after that, met back up. Uh, yeah, smoked a joint and then went home pretty much. And just been chilling. Ooh, later today I'm going to be going fucking hammer. Ooh, smoking on shit that you know ain't bammer. Ooh, Damn. I'm about to have fun. This is going to be crazy. I need to talk about the rest of the shit that we were talking about, though, because, man, we already, like, an hour and a half plus deep into it, and we still haven't finished, like, talking about football even, man. I think I'm about third of the way through everything. So here we go. Um, Yeah, we talked about Ellen DeGeneres and George W. Bush at the Cowboy game. That was the last topic. All right, here's another one that I saw here. A walking beer vendor... Uh, at the Dolphins game a couple weeks back, charges a customer $724 using not the card reader that they have that they're given to use uh, to like charge them for beers, but on a personal card reader. This dude gets arrested and is fired by like the uh, the event company, the staffing company, whatever that uh, makes uh, that hires all those people to do that job. Got fired by his company, and yeah, I think he's uh, going to jail, so I guess crime doesn't pay. That just shows you how, like, 
sneaky some of these pools can be. You got to be careful with the card readers. I think I got my uh, um, card information stolen from one of those in the past. I think it was at a taco place. It's a place so good, I fucking still went back there. <laughs> I still go back to that shit, man. It's tacos are fucking delicious. I had to, I had to put two and two together. I was like, man, a bunch of like charges coming out uh, from like Mexico and shit. This happened like a year, two years ago, something, something like that, two years ago. Anywho, that shit happened. Uh, Percy Harvin, y'all remember him? Uh, University of Florida, bounced around the NFL. It was uh, kind of up and down player. Had his moments. Was had a lot of injuries, but um had had some good moments some some so-so moments he had an interview a few weeks back saying he played every game high on weed just smoking during his career every single game he says he did it because they he was giving pills and he didn't like them they said he didn't help him at all and this was his way for managing stuff um so that kind of makes sense. He was kind of somebody who you you'd look out there and it didn't seem like seem like sometimes uh, what was going on above the shoulders a little absent-minded. So I don't want to say that was necessarily for that reason, but it kind of you know makes a little little bit of sense there if you kind of put stuff in that perspective. Um, so yeah, he he had his ups and downs. He also says he regrets punching his his former teammate Golden Tate before the Super Bowl. Because Tate had some comments, because uh, uh, this was on the Seahawks. Tate was a member of the team. He had played all year and was there. And Percy Harvin got hurt earlier in the season and was just, like, trying to rehab to get back for the Super Bowl, right? And so, like, uh, some reporters said some comments about, asked him about how he feels about him coming back. And he says, well, you know what? We, we, we produce without him here. It doesn't really matter if he shows up. And I was just like, damn, man. It's like... Not really standing up for your teammate there. Kind of a little uh, a little shysty in my opinion. But in any event, this fool took it out on him and just like got into an altercation. I think he punched him in the face because of that shit. Which uh, is not how you're supposed to do it, but I can understand why he did it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, things get heated. Um, but I guess he's not... I don't think he was technically wrong, but that's not how you're supposed to supposed to do that man just like yeah we've uh produced without him but having him can be a big help big addition you could just say it like that there's a lot of other different ways you could do it you know what i mean don't have to be a dick golden tape bouncing around a little bit now i think he's on the, the giants now if i'm not mistaken all right next topic gilroy high school ends up canceling its season after their sexual battery allegations from teammates after practice. Whoa, that talk about some extreme hazing shit. None of the details I've read have come out or surfaced for, and none of the names because these are all minors, mind you. High school football team must have sexually battered another person. Like, yo, I just... That's an intense-ass headline, man. Intense-ass headline. So the team, instead of going on and trying to figure it out, they're just saying, fuck it, we're done with football for the season. That's kind of crazy, man. For most high schools, that's like their biggest, uh, um, you know, rallying point. 
a lot of times it's their biggest money maker too if if the team is all right and people come to the games buy concessions shit like that you know on Friday nights and uh so it's a drastic measure there but that's that just goes to show you how intense this situation is probably uh for the team knowing that like somebody uh I don't even know what that is but like let me let me see if I can get a little more background all right, I got the article here. It says, uh, uh, the allegations of players sexually assaulted by several of his teammates. The four players were issued citations for sexual battery. Allegedly occurred in the locker room following a practice and was relayed to school administrators. Damn. There was evidence to support a criminal complaint. Is what the police department said. Uh, the use of force or fear played a role in our arresting decision. Jesus. Ooh, boy. Yeah, so they canceled the season uh, two weeks ago. Ooh, most of RC players have chosen not to finish the season. Therefore, at this time, the season will not continue. Wow, their investigation is still going. Ooh, the impact incident was evident when several players were held out of Friday's home game against Salinas Everett Alvarez High School. Ooh, Damn. They're all issued juvenile citation for sexual battery. You know, office this time was a hate crime motivated hate motivated crime. If you know somebody suspended from Gilroy, it's probably because of this. Damn, two years ago, Gilroy went 13-0, won Central Coast section uh championship. There was their first at the, that level. Oh, man. Damn. So then the the head coach went to Monta Vista, which is a very big program. And last year they went down the hill from 13-0 to 1-9. Another head coach took over and got an 0-4 start. Not very good. crazy so yeah team two years ago that won their sections is just done they're done over those the the that incident that occurred and that is horrible man it's high schoolers just like don't know the ramifications of actions a lot of times and it's just like man you do some stupid shit just because of like group think and just being just a knucklehead in the moment and I'm, that is that's I don't know the situation, obviously, but just regardless, just those details, it's pretty insane. Pretty fucking insane. Ah, what a dour note to end the football talk. Yay. Let's talk about playoff baseball. Woo, yay. So my A's got eliminated by the Rays. Rays got eliminated by the Astros, who have, like, some ridiculous pitching staff. Grinky, Verlander. And Cole. And Cole's been, like, the, the one who's been dominating everybody. He's putting up, like, legendary numbers this postseason. Like, nobody can hit him. And Verlander, the last couple of games, has been a little scuffing, scuffling around. Um, Yankees beat the Twins in five games. They moved on. So it's Yankees-Astros right now. And the Strohs were up three games to one, but the Yankees won last night, so that means they're still alive. 
And I think Stanton's now back in the lineup. He missed a few games with a, a quad injury, I believe. So we'll see if the Yankees have enough. Uh, I think they play tonight, a little later, in a few hours. We'll see what they can uh, they can do. They can stay alive. I know my boy Henry, he's probably going to be looking at the game, getting updates there. He's uh, from New York. He's going to be at AMF later tonight. I'll meet up with them. So shout out to the homie Henry and homegirl Melissa. Um, yeah, they were uh, part of the Coachella crew. So what's up? They know what's up. They know what's up. But I think the biggest, craziest uh, storyline so far that's happened in the playoffs is the Dodgers. What happened to them? Looking poised to compete for a championship. And they faced the pesky Nationals who had... Uh, kind of a crazy game to make it into the playoffs because they were one of the wild card teams. Um, shoot, yeah, they beat the Brewers in a one game playoff four to three, and then lost to the Dodgers six nothing. Beat them four two, lost ten four, and at that point they're down two games to one, best of five series, right? So then they reel off a six to one win, tying the series. Game five at Dodger Stadium. Game is uh, they're up, th- uh, they're down three to one. Kershaw um, comes into the game right, and uh, he came into the game in like the seventh inning. Walker Bueller, I want to say, was pitching. Had only given up a run. There was two men on. He comes in with two outs, gets the punch out right. I think this is the seventh. They move on to the eighth inning. Roberts decides to keep. Uh, Kershaw into the game and I'm, when I'm talking we're like man is this his like off day or whatever is this throwing day and it's like the playoffs and it's doing whatever I guess he just didn't trust his bullpen whatsoever against uh, the Nationals cause uh, you know he went with Kershaw on like two days rest uh, to do like a relief appearance so he comes out to the next inning uh, has an at bat I think it's like 3-2 count Anthony Rendon just like hits a, a monster shot to right field, golfed it, got low like a pitch low in in the zone, and just really muscled it out there, and it was just an impressive home run. And you had to like tip your cap at that point. The score of the game is three to two, right? Rounds around the bases. Juan Soto's up next. Soto next pitch crushes one like 450 feet into right field. No doubter. At that point. You could just feel the depression start to set in from all the Dodger fans because it was just like, fuck, not again. <laughs> like, everyone in the stadium was like, shit. Like, and just like, motherfucking Kershaw, all people. <laughs> like, gave it up on two straight pitches, two straight solo home runs. And Soto rounds the bases. They're going crazy, right? Nationals are back in the ballgame. They, uh,. They decide to, uh, I think they, uh, he, he gets like the last two outs, I want to say, and just gets to the inning, uh, no problem. Or they pulled it, they pulled him, and then they get through the inning. And they move forward, goes into extras. Uh, Joe Kelly's out there, pitches one inning pretty good. And then in the second inning, uh, they, what was it? Um... Yeah, so it went 10. So Kelly pitched the 9th, right, after the game is uh, tied 3-3. Gets it to the 10th. They leave Kelly out there again. He goes out there, uh, loads the bases, 
Howie Kendrick smacks a grand slam in the tenth inning to go up seven to three. A team that was down three to one with I think five more outs left uh, makes the comeback, ends up pulling it out. They close them out easy in the next half inning. Dude, before when Kershaw gave up the second home run, a lot of these people left from the Dodger Stadium. After the the grand slam happened, like way more people dipped out, man. And there was so many people like you know. There, I saw a video of one dude throwing his jersey on the field saying, fuck this shit. <laughs> I saw another dude taking his jersey, having people run it over with their cars in the parking, <laughs> like, as they're leaving the exit. Uh, just a bunch of shit. People were, were, were incensed, uh, to say the least. It was a, a crazy-ass vibe, crazy-ass environment, man. And uh, that's why they play MLB baseball, man. That's that's what that's why they do it. Uh, so, yeah. The Cardinals on the other side, they beat the Braves. And uh, it went five as well, but game game five was a shit show. The Cardinals, like, stomped on them. I think they gave up, like, eight runs in the first inning or something. They gave up a ton of runs early, and it was over already. And so um, the season ended for um, Atlanta. There was some bad, bad, be- bad blood between uh, Acuna, the youngster, and some of the dudes on the Cardinals. Because uh, he was like, apparently they say they thought he was admiring his pitch and his, his uh, homers a little too much and all this shit. He was showboating. So, uh, yeah, they're pretty vindictive to move on. But they did get swept by the Nationals, which has been like the oddest team as of lately. They've been just, uh, you know, putting stuff together, having a pretty magical run up to this point. So they're in the World Series. They punched their ticket. We're still waiting to see who's coming out of the American League. It's going to be the Yanks or it's going to be the Astros. And. Quite honestly, I'm, like, very conflicted as to who I should root for because, on one hand, the Yankees fans are, like, super annoying and they go, ah, 27 rings, all this shit, all this bullshit. And, you know, they're, like, one of the most storied franchises, but it's just, like, annoying, you know, they're you know that they're there. And it's, like, they're the big market club who just, like, buys everybody. So, uh, in the American League, as somebody who tries to root for the, for the athletics, it's, like, it's like, goddamn, why are they just buying all their players all the time? That's what it feels like uh, quite often. So, uh, yeah, there's that element. But then at the same time, and then the Astros are in the A's division in the AOS. So they're direct competitors with them. Um, I was talking about my, about this with my dad last weekend when we were chilling. And he was, he was like, uh, on the fence, too, because uh, even with the Astros, he's like, dude, do we root for them to do well? And because then they might bring the roster back and not get any new players or any retool. Or if they lose, are they just going to just, like, be even better than they were this season or just have, like, you know, try to get uh, more marquee guys, uh, marquee players, which is insane to think of. But they're just they're just loaded, man, and it's annoying. It is really annoying how loaded they are. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's something. It's something. I don't know who to root for, man. I, I don't. The thing is, Aaron Judge is on the Yankees, and I think I've talked about this. Uh, my cousin Alex went to high school with him and went to middle school with him, so he's like friends with him. And I, uh, we competed actually against him in basketball when I'm on my youth basketball teams in like eighth grade. Our team played his team, and guess who won? That's fucking right, this dude right here podcast game Eddie Nahara you feel me did work 
Uh, I think we played, we matched up against each other. I was the center on my team. He was a big man on their team. And, uh, but yeah, Judge was was crazy athlete. Played football, baseball, and basketball. Six eight, you just do whatever. Just do whatever, man. So I, I don't know. It'd be cool to say like, uh, you know, I competed against a dude who won a World Series. And a, uh, one time I went to my cousin's school, and he actually is like, "Oh, you Mario?" I was just like, "Yeah." What? How do you know who I am? <laughs> like, oh, your cousin talks about us. Talk about you all the time. I'm like, well, shit, damn, damn, Alex, you got a big mouth. Uh, so yeah, that'd be cool, but at the same time, it's like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I kind of just want a good series, and so far it's going six, so, mm, it's been pretty good so far, moving on, uh, Joe Madden, manager extraordinaire, did, did work on the Rays, did work in Chicago, going to Los Angeles Angels, three years, between 12 to 15 million dollar deal for him, and I'm concerned as an ace fan because this, uh, this gives me pause. The Angels have been a team that's had talent and is, is willing to invest in talent, but it just hasn't put it together in the last decade or so. And Madden is a manager that gets the most out of his roster and his players. He uh, he knows what he's doing. Ended the curse for the Cubs, won a ring. Made the Rays relevant, making the playoffs even. So, yeah, the Angels... They have the potential to do some good things moving forward, so I'm uh, I'm keeping my eye out there on uh, on what they're doing. I mean, they got Shohei Otani, they got the best player in baseball in Trout, uh, just just toiling in and just mediocrity, and uh, still have Pujols, whose his numbers aren't the worst. It's just you're still on the hook for him for a minute, and uh, yeah, I don't know about the pitching staff though on that end of it. So, but something to look at, something to look forward to. Um, I guess some other Angel-related news. You got to talk about this. The uh, the fallen pitcher, Tyler Skaggs, who passed away earlier this season due to an opioid overdose. Uh, apparently, his drug usage was linked to one of the Angels' PR guys that was on staff. This was a guy who used to, I guess, use with him uh, at the time. Uh, but prior to his death, I think the story goes is that he had he would request oxycodone pills from him and then he would kind of hook him up with that and uh they would snort them together i think the guy wanted to stop doing them after a while um and like it was felt like an enabler to skaggs um i think this from what i read skaggs was able to retrieve some oxycodone from some other source which was uh laced with i believe fentanyl which had which is what it had and uh it's just a sad, sad story, and it's just another frightening example of like what could really happen with this opioid epidemic. And it's uh, it's taken some some something crazy and drastic like the story of his death for people to start paying attention and realizing like this is no joke, man. This is like some serious stuff, and I don't wish that on anybody, man. It's uh, I've, uh, condolences to everybody who's lost anyone in in. Uh, uh, due to the to that this epidemic that's going on in our country, this over prescription, over prescribing of uh, prescription pills, which uh, leads to people to go to uh, other means to get get their fix, man. And it's sad. It's sad. I mean, Mac Miller, Skaggs, like some a lot of these guys are just uh, you know big names, and it's, it's sad. It's sad. And this PR guy is just gonna. 
I mean, they they, uh, they talked about it prior, but just now that like the the information is finally coming out, man, this PR guy is just gonna get raked through the coals. I feel like, oh boy, 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 boy. And uh, I guess one more baseball news. Um, Commissioner Rob Manfred at a press conference recently was suggesting the A's could possibly move to Vegas if there's a lawsuit with uh, the lawsuit with the city that's currently ongoing isn't handled and figured out because there's argument over uh, who's going to have ownership of the land for the A stadium where it currently sits because the A's are looking to, to, to build a new one. So some of the ideas that they ha- had out there is that they would uh, purchase the land at Howard Terminal, but they also want to still control the land at uh, where the Oakland Alameda Coliseum is and they because they want to do a redevelopment and the team wants to make money off of that investment. The city of Oakland also wants to have possession of that land so they can do something similar and they can make the revenue and the profit there. So uh, they're they're beefing over that right now. And this could lead to the A still sticking around and them not having progress on making a new stadium. So Manfred wants to kind of put pressure on the A's. So he kind of suggested Vegas, I think, to be a little bit of like a, a, a sore... Um, are uh, using like so recent history to like keep the fans uh, attention and to to put that threat there because of uh, the Raiders moving next season, so they're going to to Las Vegas. So he's trying to put the threat on the city of Oakland, like, yeah, you're gonna lose another team. They've already lost the the Warriors, gone across uh, the bay to San Francisco, Chase Center now. They played a few preseason games there. We'll see how how hyped they get. And yeah, the A's are the only only team in town technically right there in Oakland so I hope they figure it out I really don't want to see another team move to Vegas man all my hometown teams at one point or another have had like relocation issues every single one of them every single one of them Giants were like close to moving to Tampa Bay in the 90s the A's have tried to move all over the Bay from Fremont to uh, San Jose to I don't know not even within Oakland, other parts of Oakland. Now they're talking Vegas or moving them elsewhere. Kings almost moved to Anaheim, Seattle. Raiders almost moved to, to where are they? They're talking all over the place. L.A., San Antonio, even now Vegas. So ah, it's just a part of reality, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. So life's weird, I guess. Life is weird. All right, uh, moving on. Let's go to the world of soccer. First off, I got to talk about this. I watched that Diego Maradona documentary that HBO put on. That shit was kind of fuego. That was over his time uh, living out in Napoli, uh, playing in Italy, and the uh, Serie A, the Calcio that they play over there. And this fool, which is surprised that not many, was a fucking fiend. Yo, <laughs> this dude had so much coke given to him by uh, people connected with uh, La Cosa Nostra, I want to say, or, or La Familia, I don't know. So one of those, one of the crews he was cool with that ran the whole Napoli's, uh, uh Napoleon drug scene, uh, pretty much. So that's how he's getting, like, hooked up. This fool would play Saturday and party all the way through Wednesday and then practice and get ready for the next week. Like, it's, he was crazy. He, that's what he was saying in the documentary. His fool lived a crazy life. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, but what ends up happening later on in his career and why he left Napoli, I found that so interesting and so riveting. 
um, I mean, you can look it up. It's it is it's already happened, but like the interviews and how he, they they spoke with everyone, I thought that was they they put it together pretty well. HBO does a good job of uh, those documentaries. Um, what they do. All right, let's move on. We'll talk about MLS a little bit. Carlos Vela, mi amigo, uh, set the MLS scoring record with 34 golazos in a season. Uh, he got a hattie on the last day to send himself over the top. I think the record was 32 last year by, um, uh, what's his name from Atlanta, Josef Martinez. He was really fucking good last season. Uh, dominated. He had 32. So... Carlos ties it with his first goal. Slots one home. Second goal, he's boxing a dude out in the box. He's like bodying a guy in the box with the, his uh, back to him. There's a cross that comes from the right to the left side. Uh, I think he gets a touch on it. It bounces up in the air. He measures it. He's got his back to goal. Jumps. Hits a bicycle. Nails it home for the second one. It was a nasty one, man. It was freaking sick. And then just uh, put bagged another one, which I think was a penalty later on in the game, uh, to get the hat trick. And uh, yeah, put uh, LAFC at the top of uh, the leaderboard. I want to say playoffs are still ongoing. Um, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, speaking of tournaments, um, we got the Champions League is back. Hey, we've gotten a couple rounds already. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's been exciting. There's been a few matchups that have already kind of happened that have been uh, pretty interesting to watch. Uh, let me look through some of these Champions League scores. It was just un momento. All right, yeah, there was uh, we've had two match days, like I said. Let me see. Let me look through here. Chelsea lost their first matchup. Napoli won uh, against Liverpool two nothing. That was a good result from them. Uh, Tottenham drew with Olympiacos. That was surprising. PSG beat Real 3-0. Uh, Di Maria, I think, was going off in that match. What else? What else? Juve and Atletico uh, drew with each other 2-2. Um, let's see, match day 2. Real Madrid, they drew with Club Bruges. Tiny club, man. 2-2. So Real Madrid only has one point through two matches. It's like, uh, that's pretty surprising. Are they going to get bounced early? Tottenham also in trouble, only with one point. They lost 7-2 to against Bayern. Gnabry had four goals, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. He was just uh, pouring it on against them. And uh, that was a big, big, uh, uh, big disappointment there let down for Tottenham. This Tottenham team made it all the way to the final last year, and they might not make it out of the group stage this year. Just shows you how uh, crazy things are. Liverpool barely barely got a win 4-3 against uh, uh, Red Bull. RB Salzburg, I want to say. Uh, one of those teams. Their Red Bull has like three or four teams in the world. It is, yep, RB Salzburg in the German team, German league. Um, where is my other stuff? Chelsea got the win 2-1. And IX through nothing. So yeah, the next ones are coming this next week. Next matchups. Uh, we just had a little international break that just occurred, and yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about it in a minute. Let me see what other headlines that caught my eye. Oh yeah, there was a story that I saw here. Liverpool got caught spying on Man City in 2012-2013. So they paid a one million dollar, uh, one million 
pound fine, excuse me, in 2013. But they admitted no wrongdoing in this, and the reports just came out this year uh, involving this uh, this scenario. So apparently, what was going on is they were um, they had access into the, their their database, their scouting uh, pool, their webs, their uh, you know all their web information that they had on potential. Um, Potential players to go ahead and invest in and, and pick up for the team. So they found out about this. Man City did. They actually moved forward on a couple deals that they had. I think Ilkay Gundogan was one of them, and like they had, a, or maybe they, it was a couple seasons ago. Uh, and so, nah, it was before Gundogan. Sorry. Um, there was a couple guys though that they they ended up picking up a little bit earlier than they anticipated, just because they knew that Liverpool was going to be hot on there on their heels for for some of these signings so yeah man pretty interesting stuff there pretty interesting stuff let's see what's next oh we had a ports fan portsmouth fan they got arrested for punching a horse i think they're in the second uh division in the champions uh division or i don't know what they call it um i'll be forgetting some fan just literally punches his horse in the face this dude had, the horse had a, a cop sitting on him so that's why it was out there uh, obviously, I don't think that's how most people describe the scenario. I think they would say the cops on the horse, but the horse had a cop on him. That's <laughs> pretty much how I like to say it. Anyway, this fool punched him in the face, dog. He punched the horse right in the face. This fool was fucked up and drunk, and I think he was a, a road fan, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. It was fucking funny though. This is a drunk ass fucking guy in the UK punched a horse in the face, man. You can't hit nobody because everyone's got cameras now, and you get arrested. Um, out there in london from what i hear because the fucking goons were just going too psycho in the 90s uh so yeah they're punching horses now out there all right couple more things and dude yo there's been a lot of there's been a lot of sauce man a lot of sauce in the uh in the world of uh football we're uh world football Let's talk about uh, some racial incidences that happened here first. All right. So there's been this controversy between Bernardo Silva and Benjamin Mendy, two teammates on Manchester City. Uh, there's apparently a tweet by uh, Bernardo Silva, who's Portuguese, uh, light-skinned Portuguese dude. Benjamin Mendy, I believe he's well, he's just really dark African guy, but he's, I want to say, maybe grew up in France. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that don't know exactly where what nation his uh, uh heritage comes from but in regardless um they're homies though they're they're good friends on the team they're like tweeting at each other messing around and and silva had this uh picture of kind of like one of those old school cartoony like um uh representations of like a, a black person with like super uh big lips and like uh bright uh, bright pink lips and all that stuff like the, the super like um not in good taste like kind of kind of drawings and shit like that that's the um uh, i'm blanking out on the word it's not like minstrel shit kind of it's like you know what i mean like y'all know what i'm saying anyway there's a a cookie brand in spain apparently or somewhere in Europe that has this picture as like their their product like logo like design or whatever, it's like you know one of those companies that has like a, a name of a certain way and then like people are like yo I can't believe you named it after that shit you know what I'm saying like the stuff that's happened in the past so he just tweeted the picture at him 
in I can't remember in what context or or whatnot, but um, hold on, let me actually get you the fucking shit that he said because I, I like talking about truths and um, let's see, Mindy Silva tweets. Yep, that's what I want. Boom. All right, yeah. So he put a picture of uh, of Mindy as a kid next to this one called Conguitos. It's like, uh, and he said, "Guess who?" And people were were kind of pissed. Mindy went to his defense too and was just saying, "Ah, like I don't really take offense to it." Uh, but the F- football association in 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 England was uh, was charged him or whatever and was going to potentially ban him. So when this first came out. Uh, a couple weeks ago even though everybody involved is not upset or whatever mendy was just like yeah we're just kidding i get it like you you tried to say some shit and then what's his name uh um yeah what's his face the uh Silva, Silva himself, his team supported him, his ex-team mentioned uh, he wasn't, you know, prejudiced in any way and all this stuff, so he has, like, a lot of, it's like, it's a weird scenario, it's a weird scenario, so they, they're homies, though, like, they have no problems, like, they've seen videos of them just chilling still, um, afterwards, so it was uh, a, uh, you know, not a, uh, a, a best luck, but I don't think it was done in that intention in mind. All right, moving on to more racial controversial issues. Uh, England versus Bulgaria in the international break that I was talking about prior, they played each other, right, for qualifications for Euro 2020. England players stopped the match two times in the first half because there was monkey chants and Nazi salutes that were happening there in Bulgaria. I shit you not, all right? Now, granted, this match... Uh, was already having uh, was played with the stadium having partially closed stands because there was incidents versus Kosovo and Czech Republic where they reported some racist or some Nazi salutes and those incidences of that kind. So this is not something new for the club, for the the national team. So it's been controversy uh, for the Bulgarian uh, Football Association. The head of the football association ends up resigning after pressure from the president of the country, right? So this shit is now turn- taking like new levels, and it's crazy. Like this isn't the this is like something that's happened a lot with the team uh, from England with a lot of their black players that they have uh, traveling to other European countries. Man, there's been a lot of incidents where this happened. Kyle Walker, I know he's uh, received his fair share, and um, uh also uh what's his name um lingard and uh um rashford from man U have gotten their fair share of, of uh racial abuse from the stands and uh there's been a few other guys too but yeah it's unfortunate you hate to see it man you hate to see it and i hope uh there's some punishments further uh for this uh for what happened and I don't know what's going to do for, like, the people and what's going to change if it's going to affect their opinions at all or whatsoever, but it's got to happen. Another incident, though, uh, between, let's see, 
Yeah, two more. This We're going to Italy now for the racial incidences, all right? Where they kind of have like, a little history with that shit. Cagliari and Hellas Verona. They avoided punishment for the racial incidences that happened between fans and opposing players. This was, uh, I believe, last year, earlier in the season. So they avoided punishment from the Italian Football Association, right? Then Lazio was handed a partial stadium ban for the next Europa League match versus Celtic due to fascist salutes that were happening during their match versus uh, Rennes, Rennes, uh, R-E-N-N-E-S, in the French League. All right, so they had the match there. And this is the second. This is the league under Champions League where you compete with other teams in Europe. So Lazio, Lazio is like a big club over there in Italy. And so this, these incidents just keep happening, keep on happening, man. And it's just you, just, you hope they try to stomp this racism out of the football forever. I don't know how effective or whatever it's going to be, but damn, man, damn, crazy craziness. Uh, let's see how many more we got to get through. My list is at 78, and we are so far through, we just handed 50. All right, cool. Let's see if we can do this in the next 30 minutes. It's another long episode. This is what you're here for, man. You're here for me, right? You're here for me. You're here to see the craziness that's going on in the world. All right. There's these two football players, Ilke Gunduan and Emri Chan, who are of Turkish descent that play on the German national team, right? All right. Turkey right now is going through some aggressive behavior that they're exhibiting against Syria since Trump decided to move his troops out of there about a week ago, all right? It's about a week, okay? You understand you follow me? You understand what's going on, right? So, he wanted to crush ISIS. ISIS was crushed and then he immediately removed support for the Kurd the Kurdish uh people who were there helping. So once the Kurds were on their own, the Turkish uh, government decided to step in and try to, to, to take over and grab the land. That's right there, right? So now they're in a conflict going on. Uh, so politics and sports have kind of crossed over right now because uh, one of the players on the Turkish national team, their best forward, his name's uh, uh, Shank Tosun, T-O-S-U-N. He had an IG post of the Turkish team saluting uh, which is thought of being a support, uh, a show of support for the Turkish military and what they're doing. All right, so they're they're saluting, right? And he put a picture up. So he put a picture up on IG. Um, guess who liked those pic- that picture on IG? That would be Gundogan and Chan, who are on the German national team now. A like on Instagram does not necessarily mean 100% full endorsement in terms of what is going on. And it's very clear that, or it could be possible that they did not know the full ramifications of what that pictures of salute meant. On the other hand, they are also Turkish nationals who are probably very, uh, you know, deeply supportive of what happens in Turkey. And if more power to Turkey, then more power to them, even though, or they're not Turkish nationals, but they're Turkish, they have Turkish heritage. And so... That stuff is like, it bleeds over. It's like a different type of, uh, it's a different thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not Mexican by my nationality, but by my heritage I am. You know what I'm saying? So stuff happens in Mexico. Like, I'm still, I still want to pay tabs. I want to see what's going on. I want to, like, I want good stuff to happen, right? 
so they're kind of similar way and like in turkey that's very it's very touchy because uh if you want to be any association with the country and all that you got to play nice with the dictator that they have involved right now you know in uh um erdogan and this fool has been you know doing whatever he feels like for the last couple of years just kind of showing out and this military offensive is like another example of that you know so if you want to even if you're not a national of turkey if you want to be cool and still you know go back and all that stuff you got to be cool with him so there was controversy last year when um mezid ozil one of the more famous german national team players right he's um also of turkish descent he had a picture of himself you know shaking his hand last year right we've talked about this before uh, uh in his canter in the nba he has gone the opposite and has started to speak out against him and it has led to his whole family disowning him and his family becoming pun- being punished in turkey because of the actions that he's had so like you can't tread lightly on this you got to be all in or you got to be all out it's, it's one of those so um but these two german players they liked the picture on instagram um and then they had to you know come out with apologies afterwards and say that you know we didn't want to link it to that we're just supporters of the player etc etc and all that stuff so it's uh it's been a bit of a crazy whirlwind in that regard too in germany man like this shit it happens like all the like craziness it's just craziness um speaking of craziness in the press and the media yo let's move over to england let's go back to england the let's talk about a couple wags a couple wives and girlfriends here you feel me uh colleen rooney the wife of former manchester united and everton legend wayne rooney has uh leveled accusations against rebecca vardy who is the current wife of jamie vardy who is on leicester city and is on the, the, the English national team for the last few seasons, right? So she accuses her of leaking personal stories to the Sun uh, newspaper, which is one of the ones that is that gets all those like crazy headlines, and they go all like dish dirt into everyone's you know business. And they're one of those. They're one of those type of uh, publications, right? Apparently, Colleen Rooney was posting stories. Uh, to her uh, Instagram stories or whatever, and things were leaking. Uh, she has like an account. I think it was like a private account. So what she started to do is she started to ban a lot of different people um, who she thought, you know, weren't uh, the culprits. And so she kept only a smaller number of people. And then she would post something and see if somebody would would report on it. Well, eventually she had only rebecca vardy uh as with the access to follow and post uh or follow her posts and then so she would post some stuff on there and then the leak would happen it would show up in the sun and she knew all right that's my mole that's who i'm who it is so she's accused her recently which has led to a whole bunch of like brouhaha and like craziness that's been going on uh back and forth between uh between them uh, in the press and all that stuff too so this shit is just like getting to new levels and it gets even crazier and crazier and crazier so it's just uh, 
yeah, that's kind of like some little bit more lighthearted stuff. But uh, all right, back to the fucking real world. <laughs> Let's go to Spain, La Liga. They look, they're look, they they've moved El Clasico between the two teams, Barcelona and Real Madrid, which was scheduled to be played next weekend because there's protests that are uh, projected to be going on uh, that day, and things have been getting crazy. There have been um, confrontations. I know. Things have been set on fire by some of these people. These, uh, if you're not aware, uh, Barcelona is part of Catalonia, which is a, a, a region of Spain that wants to become autonomous and becomes independent. There's been a lot of uh, push for that. There was a referendum that happened a couple years ago that the Spanish government deemed as illegal, uh, that where they, they said that they wanted to vote on being independent. So, like, there's, uh, there's tension in the area, for sure, for sure, for sure. So La Liga, they're like, you know what? We don't even want to do this. Um, there was some talks before between the team, between them trying to flip the schedule and have them play in Madrid first and then play in Barcelona later in the year, just change the, the dates. But apparently that's not doable. So now they're they're looking to uh, to reschedule it on uh, for another date. So we'll see when or if that happens. Um, so yeah, real life affecting sports, sports affecting real life. That's kind of how it is. All right, let's move over to Iran. The women there finally allowed to see the men's national team play. It was finally released. They had a certain, you know, cordoned off section for like the women to go sit and enjoy the game, which still segregation, but I don't know. I guess it's a step in the right direction after, you know, females had to like disguise themselves as men just to get into the building and do all that. Um, there was one chick who uh, was doing that for the longest she got arrested eventually killed herself in protest it happened recently i think her name was like the their nickname was the blue girl uh talked about it on a few episodes ago so as a direct result of that now women have been allowed to enter on a short-term basis fifa i know was putting a lot of pressure on the iranian national team to, to make the change so good to see that uh finally happen it's sad that there had to take a loss of life but I mean, Iran is still mired in like the revolution and the conservativeness uh, of uh, their the regimes that have been uh, uh, on top pretty much since that's happened. So yeah, Iran very unique spot. I heard it was a you know a cool place to be prior to that, but you know stuff happens. The world changes people move all right let's go over to the u.s now team usa the men's national team lost to canada two nothing in the nation's league which is uh just a small little competition first loss to canada since 1985 canadian players are getting better at soccer the canadian players are getting better at basketball it's coming man America, we got to step our shit up, bro. We got to step our shit up, man. What is this? 2 nothing. Sad, sad, sad. Not a good look. Um, all right. We have 50, number 56 now. You think we can make it? You think we can get all the way to, to 78? All right. Over to the world of boxing. Uh, Earl Spence versus Sean Porter. I got to see some of the highlights. I unfortunately wasn't able to watch it because it happened in the first day across, but it was for the 147-pound title. Action fight. All the highlights I saw, oh, my God, these guys were going at each other the whole time. 
uh, Porter looked like a little pimple out there. He kept pressing pressing uh, uh, Spence. He kept coming inside. And Spence, was, to his credit, tagging him up every single time he tried to, to come in. He was uh, countering him beautifully. Landed more solid shots. Knocked him down later on in the fight. I want to say maybe the 10th round on a, a nice, uh, you know, cross counter that he just caught him perfect timing right up on the chin and dropped him supporters credit he got back up and and uh i think he won the fight in one of the judges scorecards if i'm not mistaken but spence ended up taking the belt he had less damage on him i think it was a fair assessment 147 pound title in consideration for fight of the year in my opinion it was uh it was an action-packed one i could see why a lot of the critics enjoyed it but I have to report on this. After the fight, a few days later, Earl Spence uh, got into himself uh, a car accident, a one-person accident, where he drove over the median and the car flipped over. The only reason he survived is because he got ejected from the car because it was a convertible. He had no seatbelt on, only had chipped teeth, didn't have any serious injuries. He was released from the hospital, but he got charged with the DWI because he was under the influence in Michigan, I want to say. Whoo, boy. Living a little too close to the edge there, boy. Earl. Earl, we're going to see you fight more, man. Like, come on. Chill. That's the chill. So who knows when he's going to defend his belt next and all that stuff. And Spence, he's one of the he's one of the goats right now at the, at the top. Maybe not goats. But he's one of the the guys at the top of the food chain at the moment. It's current snapshot boxing. Spence needs to be there. Top 10 pound pound for pound. Top 5, you can argue. All that. Uh, Different weight classes and all that stuff. You can go ahead and argue it. But, man, chill out, man. Hire you a driver. I know these dudes get a kick out of, like, the, the, the thrilling and exciting fighting has got to bring that to you and sometimes they look for it outside of the ring and driving fast cars is one way uh, to kind of get it to you but you gotta be careful man gotta be careful can't fly a little too close to the sun there all right we'll move on to some more boxing news we got triple g won the middleweight title against uh dariovchenko he goes uh i don't remember his first name but dariovchenko they fought uh, in Madison Square Garden uh, last weekend. Triple G ended up winning that fight. It was a split decision. Triple G didn't get the knockdown, and he looked beat up. He looked like he, you know, had a tough opponent in front of him, and it looks like Triple G now on the downslope. But he won himself another belt. He got back in the in that contention, so now he's gonna compete probably with uh, what's his name. Uh, he's gonna try to try to compete with Canelo and bring that to the to the to the ring because before he didn't have a belt, it didn't really make as much sense for Canelo to try to fight him for a third time. But now there's potential interest in that. However, Canelo's got to get through the light heavyweight uh, belt that he's been uh, you know trying to get from uh, from Kovalev. So Kovalev and Canelo that'll be a good fight November second. We're watching it at my crib. All right, so Triple G back in the winner's circle. Uh, got a report on this, man. This was a tough one. This was a very, very tough, tough, tough 
tough ass story to follow when uh, I first got the notifications about it on all my sports apps. We got junior middleweight boxer Patrick Day. He had a fight on the Spence Porter undercard, or um, I think it was a Triple G one in the Garden last week. Got knocked out. Uh, oh no, this is Chicago, excuse me. Uh, he had a knockout against Charles Conwell in Chicago. He had to go undergo emergency brain surgery, and he was placed in a coma. Uh, tragic. Apparently he was spazzing on the ring. Oh, man. He was in that coma for four days when it was find out, it found out that eventually he would pass on October the 16th, uh, Patrick Day you know, left this earth. And I have to say that is the ultimate ultimate sad outcome that you could have in a boxing ring. It is it's gotta be present for people, man. There's been there was those two other deaths that we reported earlier this year. And this is the one sport you have to be the most careful with in terms of uh protecting the athletes man protect the fighters it's uh it's rough man they want to go out there and do as much as they can and push themselves as far but as it's what's where the 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 training and knowing your athletes where that all comes in man that comes into effect you gotta you gotta you can't you can't make that mistake because it only takes one mistake and I didn't see the fight, so I can't speak on if there's anybody to be blame, at blame. It's just, I just want to say it's the most unfortunate situation that you just do not ever envision or wish upon any human being whatsoever. So sad. So sad. I, um, my, my heart goes out to his family, everybody he worked with. And the, the toughest reality of that sport, just the, the constant repetitive head trauma, is not something to take lightly, man. Can't take it lightly. It's uh, it's real life, man. Life or death. These guys are warriors, and they're just gonna they're gonna go till they can't. And sometimes it ends with with the the tragedy like that. So condolences to the day family for that and the same can be true in MMA but honestly the track record in MMA has been a lot cleaner than than in boxing because I don't know the different disciplines it's not so head strike driven as much but there's there's gonna be head strikes some gonna be legal some not um we're gonna talk about the UFC Mexico main event that just happened it ended up being a no contest between Jeremy Stevens and Yair Rodriguez after 15 seconds, because there was an eye poke uh, from Rodriguez to Stevens, they eventually stopped the fight. When that happened, the crowd in Mexico went berserk. Their guy is Yair. He's the home f- favorite, and they wanted to see him do his work. Wasn't able to happen because the other guy decided... Uh, I don't know if it was the, the ref, the medic... The doctor on site, or if it was Stevens who wanted to end it, or made the ultimately made the decision. But regardless, the Mexican fans didn't get what they wanted. They threw beers 
into the octagon from the crowd, and it was chaos there for a minute. So UFC Boston just happened this last weekend, and the biggest thing that happened was Yair Rodriguez got the win because they rematched it. Uh, they just brought it back. Both guys, uh, he he won via decision. And he was beating him up on some of the highlights from what I saw. He had a nasty leg kick to the to the stomach. Nasty leg kick to the stomach that happened right uh, earlier. So, yeah, man. This, uh, this Yair dude is back on the, the winning streak, which is good to see. I think he's 7-1 in the UFC, so, I mean, it would be nice to see a Mexican superstar in the, in the in, uh, MMA again, because we've got, uh, Cain Velasquez decided to go to WWE now, so, I don't blame him for that, his body's kind of breaking down uh, for the fight game, you can still mask some of that stuff in the, in the wrestling ring, he's still very athletic, man, so I wish him nothing but the best, um, Another big thing that happened in that fight with UFC Boston was uh, Greg Hardy, ex-NFL player, ex-dude who beat the shit out of his girlfriend, apparently. He was in a fight, apparently won the fight by decision, and then they go back to the film between the second and third round. He's sitting on a stool. This guy, mind you, has asthma, so I feel for him on that regard, not anything else he's done. But he's huffing and puffing, and he's trying to catch his breath, and he takes a, a puff from his inhaler. So we got the fight got declared no contest, so he didn't even get the win, man. He didn't even get the win. Um, uh, so, yeah, he was upset, and I don't know if he's going to be punished anymore for what the deal is, what's his paycheck going to look like. Uh, and and all that, or because uh, I think you know, uh, Dana White thinks he could be a potential you know player for him in the heavyweight division. He's athletic and he's shown some knockout power. He's shown some good signs, but he's had. The dis like two disqualifications I want to say now once for the inhaler and this, uh, I think another one for like a a, a a low strike, a strike to down opponent with the leg. I think he needs some dude when he was knee down, which is illegal to do. He's still learning the ins and outs, man. But it's I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen there. Dana's gonna kind of do some calculation to see if it's worth his effort to keep moving with them. All right, let's move on. One of the best knockouts I've seen in a minute. Super crazy. Israel Adesanya, the style bender, got the knockout over Robert Whitaker in the second round of their title fight that took place down in Sydney, Australia. This is a battle of the, the Aussies and Kiwis. And boy, was it a fight. Whitaker, game fighter, style bender. He might be on another level, man. He's... Ooh, so nice, so nice. Just undefeated in K1, and so far in his MMA career, he's had some impressive performances. This one against Whitaker was was probably tops in my book. Oh, he came out crazy, crazy intro with some dancers and stuff like that. 
won the belt, man. So now he's on top of the world. We'll see what he he's going to do, who he's going to defend the belt against. Is uh, Romero lurking or I don't know who else could be there in that uh, that division, the 185-pound division. There's some killers for sure. So shout-out to Style Bender doing his thing. All right, some more MMA news. DC, Daniel Cormier wants a Stipe Trilogy fight before he retires. He's made this conclusion. Um, I think he said this a few weeks back. Everything I'm reading about is like a few weeks back. So I'm down to see this. I'm glad he's he's game and wants to come back from that loss. And regardless, if he takes the second one, he still cemented his status as one of the best of all time, having only lost to two game fighters, Stipe and John Jones, who are also, I think, in discussion for that Pantheon level of uh, the fight game all time, not just in their in their eras, but all time. Stipe's won the belt, won heavyweight championship fights on four different occasions. He's defended the belts the most, which is only twice in a row consecutively. Still, heavyweights, you got to give it to him. Got to give it to him. Man from Cleveland. And as I mentioned before, Cain Velasquez joining WWE. Tyson Fury also going to get himself into a rubber match against uh, uh, some dude. Oh, I do not know the name of at the moment. Uh, uh, Strowman or I don't know. Let's check it out. Let's see. Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. WWE. Braun Strowman. That's he's threatening to knock him out, and so now he's gonna go do that stuff. We'll see how it goes. He upset reporter. Apparently there was issues. Um, they're saying he might this fight now with uh, Wilder might be in jeopardy. I don't know. Um, they're gonna fight in Saudi Arabia. Okay, yeah, this is a more controversy than WWE fighting over there, doing their events over there. Um, yeah, he's going to fight the Crown Jewel over there. We'll see what happens. He's going to make a big payday, though. I think that's what most of this is about. Cain Velasquez has been doing his Lucha Libre shit for like about a year or two now. So this isn't as surprising on his end, but... WWE's trying to, to just get like the biggest and baddest out there. I know they recently went to Fox and they had some draft thingy where they were showing different wrestlers go to different like Raw or SmackDown. Uh, I think Fox has Smackdown or Raw. I think Fox got Raw, if I'm not mistaken. So there's been seeing a lot of wrestling in the media and stuff like that in the last couple of months because of that. So yeah, they get a couple people in the fight world to go do that for them. So Let's do a couple more sports things, and let's talk about world shit, yeah? Yeah? Does that sound cool? All right. Byo Kim of the Korean tour got suspended three years for flipping off a fan in the gallery because they were taking some photos, and the little shutter threw off his swing. And so he dropped the club and immediately flipped off the fan and moved on. 
and continue. I think he won the event. Doesn't matter. The Korean Tour, three-year ban from participating. That's excessive. I understand proper, you know, performance and proper, you know, um, being nice and all that stuff too, but three years for, an, you know, one year is a, a, a crazy, crazy ban. You know? Just find the motherfucker. I don't know. I don't know how much they're making on the Korean tour, but this fool got to go to go to Europe now or something. He's got to go play golf elsewhere. I don't know if he's good enough to make the PGA, but might as well try now, I guess. I don't know. All right, let's go to the Triple Crown. Uh, horse racing. The winner for this year, Justify, failed the drug test before the Kentucky Derby and should not have participated in the race, apparently. Controversy in horse racing now, and uh, I guess like the most recent, more recent, the most re- most people pay attention to that stuff because they're gamblers. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody's like horse lovers, and even horse lovers don't like horse racing because that's a different. Like the way they treat the animals can be questionable at times, to say it uh, nicely. Um, yeah, man. There's uh, so I don't know what's gonna happen with the the bets or anything. I don't know if they took the the crown away or or whatnot. I'm pretty sure that that uh, justified it and it was now not like disqualified or whatever. But what happens with all the betters though, and all the money that they had and they made? Hmm. Speaking of betting though, there was a poker controversy that happened recently. Apparently some dude was making a shit ton of money at this table in Sacramento. I think he had an earpiece or uh, something. Kept looking down at his phone and kept winning these hands that most people wouldn't win. Was taking away a ton of money. And then just like up and quit. And he only participated in this one poker room. They had some live streams so people were like commenting on it. But they were just kind of giving him props and kind of blown away by his performance. They're like, damn, this dude is going crazy. It's up in Sacramento area. And people have been pressing him recently, and he's just, like, been, yeah, been a character. He's been going MIA. So, shit, man, it's crazy. All right. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this video that happened recently. Let's go to the world news. We are on topic number 68. I think I added a few more, so we're... We've got 80 of them. we got 80 of these bitches now. All right? So I wasn't planning to bring the poker shit up, but fuck it. You know what I'm saying? People be betting, and then people be getting screwed over, and then do the people get screwed over ever get uh, fixed? Probably not. That's what's uh, fucked up, man. So sometimes you cheat, you might get, you know, keep that shit. That's what uh, the society be telling people, man. This kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. All right, the video that I was talking about, though, this lady jumped into the lion pit at the Bronx Zoo. She didn't jump into the the actual pit part because there was a... You can't tell from the video and the stills that they show sometimes. But there's got to be like a, a, a moat or like some body of water or like a, something that separates the lion from this lady. Because this, this chick was like fucking an idiot too. She stepped over the fence and went over there. The guy recording the video is like hilarious. Somebody's like, you should tell her to stop. And he's like, oh, I've done tried or some shit like that. <laughs> and he's just like, what the fuck? It was crazy, crazy shit. So some people were just going crazy. She wasn't, I don't think she was ever really in danger, though. So, yeah, man. 
that's that. All right, moving on. Jordan Peterson got himself chicked into rehab for Klonopin use. Uh, Jordan Peterson, the uh, more self... Uh, I don't know how to describe him. I've talked about him before. He's a guy who gets these speeches that are more like self-motivating. He tends to be more of a politically conservative person. He was a professor at a college in Canada and took umbrage with the whole pronouns issues and he had some some beef with it, some legitimate for sure. Um he became famous kinda went on Rogan and, you know, talked about it what was going on. He's got a crazy story. He's went through like an all meat diet or whatever recently and was actually improved his conditions because he had some he had some shit going on in his gut, I don't know. But apparently he had uh an issue with clonopins. And I can speak personally upon this. Uh, I experienced a Kalanapin summer one time in college. A friend of mine, who will be unnamed, happened to come upon a prescription of it and was handing them out like Tic Tacs. So, your boy had a few. Um, they're uh, antidepressants and they very much make you feel nice with a beer or two uh, if you're just chilling. But. You just feel kind of like loosey-goosey, zombied out a little bit, and you're just like like lost on the couch. And very prone to like uh, making people pass out and shit or blacking out. Very easy to black out. So my friends who used them more than I did, they would have some adventures on it for sure. And it's kind of scary to hear about it at the end. One friend of mine came out of a blackout mid-hand at a poker table and was just like, oh shit, <laughs> like, whoa. Like, money on the line and stuff like that. You're like, damn, this is not a place you want to come out of a fucking blackout at <laughs> after a day of partying. So, yeah. Um, shout out to them. Appreciate the generosity. So, yeah, Jordan Peterson. Uh, I guess it's good to have some self-awareness and understand that you want to go ahead and do that to better yourself. He's always somebody who's like, um, not he's not everybody's cup of tea. I'm going to give you that. He's very, very much of like fix yourself before you fix the world type of attitude. And so there's been a lot of young males who have kind of like like his his message that he's uh, been been spewing out there and just like, yeah, you're right. You know what? I do need to look myself in the mirror and just improve myself. I've been through that that conundrum, too, man. I mean, I've talked to a couple of people. Some people hadn't seen me in a while. They're like, man, you look in a little better shape and stuff. I'm like, yeah, man, uh, I just stopped wanting to look in the mirror and feeling like a piece of shit for looking like a piece of shit i still feel like i kind of do still look like a piece of shit but i look less of a piece of shit than i did when i was a whole piece of shit uh, you feel me i used to weigh 270 i'm at 220 now so getting there i'm getting there 225 all right conservative 220 if i'm doing crazy cardio and i'm eating right i haven't been eating right in the last week or so screw it i need to step back into it um yeah, man, so I'm glad he can self-aware and is able to get treatment now, is doing all that stuff, but, um, oh, yeah, I was saying before, too, man, like, I can't, like, if I'm gonna be a comedian, I can't be, or, like, if I'm gonna be, I'm already bald, I can't be fat and bald, and then I'm doing comedy now, so I can't be a fat and bald comedian, because in my opinion, I feel like Bobby Kelly's got that corner kind of on lockdown, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying for all my fucking comedy fans out there? Bobby Kelly, that dude out in the East Coast in New York City. I think he's out of Boston, though, originally. That dude's funny as fuck. 
And uh yeah. He's got that shit unlocked. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on the little slimmer bald dude. Hopefully as funnier or funnier. I don't fucking know. People give him shit all the time. He's fucking funny though. Um Get him in a round table. I like him in those settings. He's just gonna just like go off on people. And kinda chip in snipers from the side. Anyway. Uh, speaking of comedy, we'll talk about this dude Shane Gillis. Got fired from Saturday Night Live because of some racial comments he made on a podcast. Um, not defending any whistle, uh, those comments whatsoever. However, I feel like the SNL should have done some more research into this stuff and have this understanding. They're a little bit more um, sensitive to the topic because there was an Asian cast member on SNL, the first all-Asian or, you know... Rob Schneider was, uh, um, he's half Filipino, um, so he would be technically the first dude of any Asian descent. So this guy is the first, I guess, guy who uh, is completely Asian, um, and the Shane Gillis dude did not have some flattering comments about Asian people on his uh, this podcast, and it's funny because a lot of comedians were saying before, like, man, I guess the only people you can really talk about are Asian or white people now on stage and be cool. And then, well, I guess he didn't do it on stage, though, but I guess it's like, it's a comedian, you know? So, he got canned, and it's been a lot of controversy. I think he's actually a funny, funny guy, but, like, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just best for him not to go to the SNL route. I don't know. I don't know what's going to end up happening. So, It sucks. It sucks just the situation on like a lot of people because uh, it's like now we gotta have less people wanting to be open on podcasts you feel me it's a different it, I understand it's a different environment it's a different setting people try to be play you know like characters and stuff for them uh, on the uh, on the shows and stuff this is gonna be a long episode man it's gonna be a long ass episode alright I don't know what else to say on that SNL pff- They've been so-so. I did see some of the more recent one, the recent episode that they had. I saw some of the skits. Uh, it's funny that they want to do the the Grouch remix after Joker movie came out. That was pretty good. I like that one. Melissa Villasenor, she's funny. Um, she's a little quirky funny. Yeah, I don't know. This Gillis guy, what he's gonna, this deal is going to be. Mm, mm, I don't know, man. Could have been a, like a, a learning moment. Could have been something that could have been used and move forward. His comments afterwards were, didn't seem as like reticent as like some people were asking for or they wanted. So I don't fucking know, man. I don't fucking know. Uh, let's talk about some more racial politics. Justin Trudeau got caught in brown and blackface again. And blackface again. What are you doing, Justin? more pictures are surfacing and this is like another another thing another thing man this dude had the the world at his attention just a couple years ago and now it's like i don't know what's going on man keep shooting himself in the foot it was at like some halloween party for like one of the schools he used to be a teacher at Mm, you could do the halloween costumes without the skin shit I've done it before. I think most people get what you're going for with the costume. Or they should. Right? 
Yeah, so not good for Justin Trudeau in the news. Um, mm, let's see what to go next. We talked about the Chinese uh, police shooting protesters in Hong Kong. It was the 70th, 70th anniversary of communist rule that happened a few weeks back. I think this was prior to the comments that Maury came out with and led to that whole shitstorm. So this is the reason why Maury said the tweets in the first place. Because, yeah, the Chinese police are going to be, you know, up on them. China also scrubbed an episode of South Park from their version of the internet because the episode, 100% of it, was making fun of uh, their censorship. And I think South Park knew that they were going to be censored, and they just went ham on it, From apparently, from what I hear. I need to watch the episode. I still haven't had the chance to watch it. But I think it's funny that China has that power. They're just flexing it. And they can just say, all right, no more South Park ever. There's no more Winnie the Pooh ever in China because they started making the comparisons of uh, uh, President Xi looking like him when he was walking. It's pretty funny. Any mention of Winnie the Pooh will get you like fucking uh, on lockdown or something on China. Like They don't fuck around, man. The government does not fuck around with human rights at all. At all. Alrighty, let's see what we have here. Um, we got a bunch of stuff. Um, let's talk. Let's go to to the world of Latin America. The El Salvador, their president takes a selfie before giving his first UN General Assembly address. Took a selfie and that got attention. That got people hot and bothered and all upset. All upset. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. I just thought that was crazy. This is the world we're living in now. Full taking selfies. I just have the UN General Assembly, man. Apparently, that was part of the reason why I got his uh, attention in the first place. Was his use of social media and all that jazz. So, I don't know, man. I don't fucking know what's real, what's, what's good, what's proper anymore, in what setting. These people are just doing just wilding now. Let's see, what else? Oh, uh, El Chapo's son just got arrested in uh, Culiacan. This is like yesterday, the day before. Sicarios have forced police to release him. And there's been violence on the streets since then, going back and forth. That's how crazy the cartels are. They got a dude released from prison because they just showed up in force and was like, y'all better do this shit. And now it's been kind of chaos in uh, uh, Jalisco or wait no wait hold on hold on my geography is fucked up Sinaloa it's a Sinaloa okay battery down on the recorder but we back now we back again alright so uh, yeah we're talking about Culiacan and the Sinaloa cartel let's talk about Trompito a little bit he suggested shooting migrants in the leg to slow them down from crossing the border. He wanted concrete walls with electric fencing and spikes surrounded by gator-filled moats is what came out recently in some reports. Yeah, man, no joke. This is what this fool was talking about, how impractical a lot of that shit is. He just is like a senile old man who's, I don't know, really... Uh, hateful for people who don't look like him. Uh, prejudice would be one, one term. 
um, that I would uh, I would throw out there could be used. So yeah, man, it's fucking crazy. Um, like I said before, he was pulling troops out of Syria because ISIS, uh, their battle is kind of over now. Turkey dropped bombs, da 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 da. The Kurds are now looking for help from Russia, so now that's a crazy situation. Uh, we talked about how it related to the soccer players earlier, but just in general, that's just a, a shit show, man. It's a fucking shit show. Uh, what else? Yeah, so we're talking about Trump earlier. Ukraine, they have a scandal. His Dems are going to start the impeachment inquiry now. Uh, so he was asking the people, uh, the president of Ukraine, to give him some dirt, basically, on Joe Biden, who's going to be a potential uh, um, opposition in the election for next year. He may be, may or may not be the Democratic nomination. We still do not know yet. That's still up for debate. Um, so yeah, man, it's gonna, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. Here comes impeachment talk. All these Democrats are starting to lick their chops. All these uh, people who hate him are now super tuned in. Because, uh, yeah, so apparently he requested information, some dirt from uh, uh, on Biden and his son. Because they had some like business dealings and negotiations with the company, with uh, the Ukrainian government. So, yeah, he wanted some dirt on them. Uh, in order for Ukraine to receive, I think, aid from the U.S. for some, uh, or help. Um, you know, Russia's right there on their doorstep, too. Uh, annexing Crimea and all that. So, there's a lot of lot of uh, craziness going on over there. Just every part of the world is just fucking nuts right now, man. Fucking nuts. So, uh, yeah, this is going to lead to some uh, potential fallout here on the U.S. side. Which is like a matter of time. This fool is just like a bumbling idiot for like a lot of the things that he does uh, politically. Um, and this just seems uh, kind of like it might happen. So we'll keep you posted. I haven't keep, been keeping too many tabs on what's been going on. I know uh, Mick Mulvaney made some comments. He's the chief of staff currently who's kind of got weaseled into the role by Trump. Um, kind of forced him there. He had some comments that countered what the the president was saying and like the White House was saying. So uh, I don't remember. I can't remember every detail at the moment, and I don't feel like looking it up. But in future episodes, we will get into it. Um, should be fucking uh, intense in uh, these streets. You know. You know what I'm saying. All right. Listen with some. Uh, so, a couple more things. We're almost done here. We're almost done here, guys. I know you tune in for like three hours, and uh, people are buzzing. People are texting me. I gotta get ready, man. It's already past four twenty. You can smoke whenever, but four twenty just happened, and I gotta get ready. This fucking show starts at six. I start getting alcohol, pregaming, all that jazz. So, we're gonna close up shop in a sec. Alright, there's a, a story of a transgender man goes by the name of Freddie McConnell who got pregnant in the United K, uh, United Kingdom. He loses a court battle to get his birth certificate to label him as a father instead of a mother. Because he freaking had the baby in his stomach because he still had the, the bits and the parts of uh, to be able to be inseminated. Um, yeah, he went through with the, the children, with the child. This person has a mustache now and is just like a fool. 
uh, considers him, uh, himself to be a full uh, male. He's got a child and wanted to be registered as a, as a, as a father, but nope, he's still on the a mother and the uh, um, on the birth certificate. So that's where the controversy is coming from. This is like a super ridiculous layered story that I don't know what to really you know put on there because it's like we're gonna get more and more of these like crazy ass stories that you're just gonna read and just go like huh i didn't know that was a possibility i didn't think envision that being an issue 20 years ago or ever but this is a, this is a whole new world man it's a whole new world it's crazy so all right so here's the final uh music stuff i want to talk about it's kashi 69 snitching on everybody and they mama every motherfucker in these streets it's like you did this, you did that, you did that. The memes are gonna be or we have been fucking crazy. But goddamn, try and call out Cardi B, Jim Jones, and all these other people saying they blooded out and all that. This fool got the people who uh tried to kidnap him and stuff, I think arrested. They were doing other shit, the people within his gang and stuff. It's problems cause he's not gonna or he's apparently doing um witness protection. It's going to take him forever to get them tattoos off. Even then, it's like, you ain't going to be able to uh, blend in. People fucking know. People would know. It's full. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see if any, uh, some blooded out fools just uh, come try to um, go locate that dude or or what. He's going to get his sentence reduced. We don't know how, how much yet and what the ramifications are for that. But yeah, man, Takashi... Fucking snitching, ratting on everybody, every motherfucker out there. All right, final, 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 final thing I want to talk about. How about J Lo and Shakira gonna headline the Super Bowl halftime show? Just making it, stamping that the, this has been like a revival in the Latino uh, uh, music scene in the last few years. This is uh, kind of the epicenter of it. I don't know. I don't know. Shakira. Ultimate talent, J Lo. Beautiful, uh, decent singer, I'd say that. But talented as an actress, actor, and every a lot of other things. She's talented at looking amazing for her age. Oh my God, I'm still jealous of of uh, A Rod. That dude's living his dreams. Um, yeah, pretty much. Oof. So J Lo, Shakira at the Super Bowl halftime show. I'm curious to see how many songs are gonna be in Spanish versus English, and how many upset old white folks are just gonna be sitting at home uh, on their TV in Middle America. Like these motherfucking Mexican coming out here way too goddamn often, man. What the hell going on? Even though both Shakira, she is Colombian, and J Lo is Puerto Rican. Even though she did play Mexican on a uh, movie, though. She played this uh, Selena movie. The whole beady beady bomb bomb. But that's how good she was, man. That's how good she was is that Mexicans still like her, you know? Mexicans like me. So, yeah, that kind of wraps it up. That's the show. That's been episode 65 um, on your bitch ass. Uh, yeah, man, subscribe, like, comment. I've been checking the stats and the downloads recently and stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, I need you guys to help me out. Spread the word. I'm going to put this up on my IG. 
and uh, we're going to post it today. It is uh, October 19th. I'm going to go have a good time for the rest of the weekend. Ah, man. Shout out to all my peoples, everybody I've been doing comedy with, and everybody who is just uh, cool peoples and part of my lives, man, because you need that. You need that. You need a good support. You need a good base, and I feel like I've uh, kind of uh, been able to coalesce and find that. Um... Damn, man, so all these people are blowing up my spot, and I need to just, uh, uh, called? Uh, I am, I'm trying to get my song here, right? Uh, uh, boom, there's my song, and, uh, I'm not gonna play it yet, because I want to play it on good speakers, so that's what's happening at the moment, um, yeah, man, I'm gonna be go listen to house techno music. I'm probably gonna take some, a uh, little bit of Molly, and feel myself, uh, literally and figuratively, uh, if you understand that dialect and that uh, uh, colloquialism, all that shit, them slangs. You feel me? Um, homegirl Molly, she's uh, she's a nice one. She makes you feel nice. So I'm gonna be doing that. Um, shout out to the whole crew that I'm going to be seeing later tonight at Sound as well. And then Sunday, there's a little MK Diplo back-to-back action for you. This has been episode 65 of the Puro Caballero Show. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, all of that shit, man. Follow us, like, subscribe. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, which has been a little bit dormant recently, but it's still there. I'm, I'm, I'll, uh, I ain't gonna give it up forever, right? Um, I am at Puro Caballero. That's P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O for all you gringos. All right, so knock if you with me. We in this bitch, all right? This has been... Uh, you know, big trouble in big China. Um, thank you for tuning in. We're gonna finish off with some I am Sue. Uh, we're gonna go with the Shanghai because it's appropriate um, with the the politics that's going on at the moment. And also shout out to I am Sue and uh, Cool John that came out with that six piece chicken nugget little uh, short little uh, little tape that ha- that dropped uh, recently that I peeped. I like it, man. I like a lot of the songs off of that shit. The majority of them. So any event, um, here's the HB, HBK, HBK gang general right here. I am Sue. Alright, talk to y'all later. Yee!
I think I know too much, but I never show too much. I remember eating frozen cups. Last time the boy seen me froze up. She says she's done with me, but it's not the last time. I love talking baseball, America's pastime. Now I got the wave, they searching all day for me with a flashlight. Big dough, watch the cash fly. Whole world off my last high. Make her walk a fine line. I treat her like fine shine. VBS all of my eyes. Tell her look on the bright side. And she knows just what I like. Never trip, keep your shoes tight. Spread love, don't abuse life. Feel yours how I view mine. I think I'm one of a kind. And I have a special mind. It took a while just to get it right. Spread my wings and watch me fly. She says she's done with me, but it's not the last time. I love talking baseball, America's pastime. Now I got the wave, they searching all day for me with a flashlight. Big dough, watch the cash fly. Whole world.